Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. We got him. One of the most successful high school basketball coaches in New York City, head coach of the Thomas Jefferson Orange Wave, Mr. Lawrence Bud Pollard. Hello, coach. How are you? I'm doing good, man. I can't complain. I can't believe you're here. <laughs> Listen, man, if I tell you, if I give you my word, I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. You're going to do I it. I appreciate you working with me with the time, though. No, for sure. For sure. And, you know, I, I want to say thank you for, for being here. We appreciate your time. And that's not just obligatory statements I make. Like, you really are a legend, somebody we are watching, studying, and whose work we're trying to replicate. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to ask you, how conscious are you of that fact? You know, we get caught up in the throes of competition, but some of these coaches, like, yeah, they're watching you, Coach. Oh, how, yeah. how conscious are you of that? I'm all, you know, over the years, you know, I think um, uh, um, I forgot how the saying goes, but I definitely see the emulation, you know what I'm saying? And I think it's, it's you know... It's, it's well appreciated. I feel I feel appreciated, even though people don't say it. Yeah. You know, I, when I came when I came to the PSAL, I mean, coaches was wearing hat back hats backwards. They was wearing jeans, <laughs> Tims, hoodies. Yeah. I think we brought the um, uniform, coaching staff doing games. We brought that in. I think I see that um, emulated. Yeah. And you know, and um, I think I think we I see a lot of people doing that. Yes, sir. People wasn't doing that before. People wasn't taking pride in their parents, pride in their facilities. I think I see a lot of people doing that now. No, Thomas Jefferson looks good. Mm -hmm. That orange and blue. Yeah, we got great basketball colors. So yeah. even though people try to mimic <laughs> and do the things we do, um, those are great basketball colors. No, nah, definitely being emulated. And coach, your first year, at Thomas Jefferson. I got two thousand and five. Two, it was 2004. 2004. What is your earliest memory of being the head varsity basketball coach at Thomas Jefferson High School? I remember um, one of the things, when, two things I remember when I walked in, we had the um, principal meeting with the principal of the athletic department. Okay. And we didn't have bleachers. And um, the guy said, um, I said, hey, guys, we're going to need bleachers. They started laughing. I always mess with the track coach now. Laughing, pieces for what? Nobody's coming to the games, this and that. Now I think I need a bigger gym. You know what I'm saying? And, and then I remember when um, we had we was playing against the Lance Stevensons and that linked him and Keith Spellman. And I remember guys standing on top of standing on top of that little roof uh -huh. outside the gate on the gates because the gym was so packed. The gym so, was so packed. It went from not having bleachers to not have needing an expand needed an expansion. But um, that and just I remember because when I started. Um, Anton, um, Anton Marchand and um, Kamani Young, they was kind of, you know, one of the few people that helped me. And Mr. Lorch and Hirsch and God bless all those guys. But Hirsch had passed. But those guys had a hand on the program. Cause they, Hold on, Coach. Let's silence your phone, please. Oh. Oh, that's the big dog. That, that, yeah, silence this thing. Man, this thing don't stop barking. All right. My aunt said, my aunt get a kick out of this when I leave her when his phone is barking. But that phone never stops like the bill, man. Um, but when, when, in, in the, in the significance behind that, because our first deal was, was S. Dot. We had the custom S. Dot sneakers. And Kamani was coaching S. Dot. He had like Brandon, Brandon, Brandon Frazier, um, Javon, and all those guys, Jamaica. He had, he won that national champion. He was coaching AAU, living in, working, living by the school in Star City. 
before he got that big mansion now, he living better now. Kamani Young is assistant yeah. coach at UConn right now. Yeah, yeah, he's assistant coach. So he... What, he is he a Thomas Jeff alum? Like, no, he's not, a, he's not an alum, but he just the friendship and okay. association, him and Antoine, they kind of tied... Just us, New York guys helping New York, York guys is helping out, and, and we they was using the gym with the S-Dot, and then we was S-Dot as well with the S-Dot Carter um, apparel and, and kicks and everything. And the gyms, the gym like a crime scene. Yeah. It was horrible. And um, I said, yo... I said to them, Anton, we all, I remember stand, where we were standing. I said, listen, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do this. And I didn't know how I was going to do it. But I said, I'm going to thank the Lord in advance. But I got it done. You and got it done. You got it done. I got it done. Coach, I got it on good authority that you kind of was a little hesitant to take that job. Like you Not, you were coaching out of middle school and you was yeah, kind of, you were set. You was, you was cool. How did the, the Thomas Jefferson opportunity come about? It was crazy. I never, my intention, my intention was never to coach. And um, I got in, I got into coaching by accident. I was a three hundred two, and um, my old French teacher at two fifty eight was the principal, and I happened to be rooming with um, one of the, one, the room my roommate with the school was Sell. Um, he was a Lachlan guy. So I'll make a long story short, Sell so Jefferson, yeah, yeah, the, the yeah, nurse, time friend, assistant coach. Yeah. So the nurse at the school happened to be. Um, working with my old French teacher. So they mentioned my name, Bud. Bud, who? Bud. So, you know, yes. there are too many Buds. So they put that together. He came, He asked me to come over there and teach. It was perfect right after I finished grad school. I went right into 302. And the coach, Larry, I mean, um, Larry, um, I forget his name, he was coaching the team, then he left the school. So the team, right in the middle of the season, they have a coach. Well, I started coaching them. So my principal was telling me all the stuff to do. I did it. So then I got a new principal in. He um he wasn't that big on sports and energy I was putting into it, mm -hmm. so I wasn't getting paid at the time. I was doing all this for free, so it was a big issue. And the union got involved and he was harassing me. So union said you should never ever coach and work for free. You're a professional. Said doctors, what they do is some of the most important work in the world. But most of them, if any, work for free. Right. So I stopped coaching there. So my principal that was there. You know, I left alone. She went over to 174 over there behind the Bamas by Jeff. Okay. So they didn't have a coach. She said, hey, you ain't coaching over there after what happened. Hey, come over here. I was like, I don't want to do this no more. It's a headache. Oh, I'm going to pay you procession. So, you know, all right, I do the overtime. Right. You know, I'm, I can use the money. And um, started working there. They didn't have a gym. So I was in Jeff using the gym in Jeff. So Meryl Davis and the AD Landron, like every day, they used to come in there. They started coming in more and more. They used to come in there and watch me coaching the kids. So, so one day they say, hey, won't you, um, do you want to coach high school? I said, nah, not really. That wasn't, you know, because I know that's serious business. Yeah. And, you know, Jeff at that time wasn't good, wasn't good when I was in high school, even though years prior to that they had great teams. But during that time, at my time, they wasn't so good. So I say, I hit up Cell. I said, yo, man, let's take this job, mm -hmm. coach high school. Let's give it a shot. think we could win. It's a lot of talent in the East. He's like, I right, bet. And then at that time, I'm coaching junior high school. So I got, like, Keith Spellman. I got all the guys from around my way. At this time, I'm living on Nostrand. Right. I'm living on Halls between Nostrand and Marcy. So all those guys, Devontae Grace, all those guys right around the corner from me, yeah. I'm coaching them. A team hurts. So I said, you know what? I'm going to coach these guys, bring them over to the high. The pipeline. Yeah, so at that time, I had them. So it was timing. Yeah. So I took the job my first year. Um, I had a great player, Markel Austin. His son is at Christ the King now. He's a lot better than his um, son. But anyway, he ended up, he was a wild child, man. He was, he, was, he was a great player, young. Then he got caught up in the streets. He went away for a little while. And then that's, how, that's how, kind of how I started my first year. We, we want to know, bud. We want to know, 
how do you build it? You know, you talked about they didn't have bleaches, and now that that place gets packed out. What are what are the first steps? First of all, how how rough was it early on? What I got here, your first year record. Four and ten, bud. <laughs> four and ten. Four and ten. Where'd you get all this data? I don't even because you know I don't keep track. Right. I don't keep track of the wins and losses, man. I'm day to day. Like that doesn't really matter. How do we build it? But four and ten start. So what what happens is, it's like it's like fast. You gotta have like style and vision. Okay. You gotta kind of be creative. So I had vision, and um, I, what I can do with the program, the facilities. I thought I had great potential with the two gyms. Great weight room area, you know, which is none of this was so great. The pool was great, had great facilities right there. I said, yo, we could turn this into something special. So, you know, oh, you know, with the visions, you know, you keep plucking and pointing and, and, and poking. And then next thing you know, uh, we, we got good. And once you get good, people start coming to help. You, you came of age in a time when Tiny Morton is getting busy at Abraham Lincoln. Right behind him is Ruth Lovelace at Boys and Girls High School. How did you establish the credibility in in the city like you ain't just you did it at a time when brooklyn was rocking and you were the new kid on the block building a program from from scratch but yeah but i mean again i think i had a reputation back then i was still playing a little bit i could mm -hmm. still play and um i was just i was not too far removed just 20 i'm not too far removed from my high school or my west virginia days so people kind of have respect for me, and I think they, they admired my hard work. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm going to go over that because the steps to it. The first they admire you, yeah. then they envy you, then they hate you, but we're going to go back to that <laughs> oh, later. Oh, say that again. <laughs> What's that? First they, they admire you, then they envy you, then they hate you. Yeah. But we're going to go back to that. So when, 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 when you know, I when, I when I took it, I just, I'm a worker. Yeah. So, and at that time, I started coaching with Tiny, and a lot of things I was doing, you know, Tiny didn't do. Now, you know, I, you I were was, coaching with him? I was coaching with him AAU-wise. Okay. I didn't start initially, but then I started. But I was a worker. Like, I, I envy, I won't say I envy, but I admired. I admired the way his teams played, how they looked, what he did with his program. Mm -hmm. So um, when I started coaching, I wanted my team to look like that. I, lo I love my teams to look good. I like to look good. Okay. You know, um, I think if you look good, you play good. I think the facilities have to be a certain way. Every program I've been a part of, from Boys and Girls to Riverside to West Virginia, we was always, you know, we was always looking good. Whether it's gear, the facility was clean. So I took pride in that. Mm -hmm. So first thing I started, I got I had some players. Then I started investing in the facilities. I had to go in there and rewrap the cushions because they was all cut up. Rewrap the cushions, paint the gym. We had to do all that. Sell on myself. With, you did that. Yeah, I had to do that. I, I, I still do a lot of that. I still do a lot of the maintenance and the work in there. Like, you know, the janitors, you know, they, they you know, they're union workers, so they everything is not their job. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, they it's, get it's to you when they can. It's a lot for them to move. And I'm a Sagittarius. I can't wait on nobody. I got to go out and get it on my own. Yo, bud, this is impressive, man, because that's one thing I wanted to talk to you about. The, the presentation. You mm -hmm. know, the product on the court, y'all get busy. Mm -hmm. But the presentation. When you walk into that gym, the orange and blue, you got the pattern, like, how does that get done? You know what I'm saying? I'm learning a little bit about this DOE stuff. You know, it's hard to move things in those oh. buildings. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> it's hard to get things done. It only gets harder. Yeah. It only gets harder. So, you know, I, I went in there. You know, I had a lot of ambition. I was young. A lot was of there any resistance from the administration, your principals, your APs? There's always resistance because they don't buy it. They don't see it. They don't believe it. You know, and um, so I went to... At that time, Jeff was closing, 
the phasing out of Jeff and the campus schools was their first year. Okay. I came, I was the first year of high school civil rights. I started working there. So the old principal, Mac, who was a girls coach at, at Manhattan Center, won some championships. He was into the program and winning championships. So then he, once he, when he turned it over to a guy named Mr. Alexander. So I went to him. I said, hey, we need scores. We need a score table. Mm-hmm. We don't, I don't want to have a, a table. But a with, cloth. With, with, a, with a cloth. <laughs> Not even a cloth, but just a table with some, with some, with some, with some classroom chairs. I said, no, nah, we got we to gotta do this. So after we, we do a little painting, we, we changed the nets. We, um, we went to him. We said, listen, this is what we want to do. He said, all right. He drew up a sheet. Said each school got to put their money in Galaxy in it. So I went to each school. Once he did it, and then I got Mr. Monty to do it. So the other principals were like, well, they can't show me up. So they put their two twenty five hundred in. So that's how I got my first set of chairs, and I got the tables. Right. So then I said, you know, I gotta get the scoreboard done. Yeah. So do I didn't change the scoreboard. So now I gotta look decent. Then I gotta get bleaches. Mm-hmm. So the first set of bleaches, Mr. Landrones, who was the AD at the time, said, I don't care what you do, just get it done. I need to win. Wow. So he went in his pocket. He he paid like seventy five fifty five hundred or something for the bleaches. Mm-hmm. He never got his money back. He always reminded me of that. <laughs> but it was it was a great investment. So we had bleaches, chairs, and then eventually, you know, we um wanted to get the gym redone. So then, you know, it's when it's four principals and all that, yeah. they they resist. It's a tug of war. It's a tug of war. You know, um, one if your kid, if you don't, they don't want to have this. They don't. If they don't have um, more kids on the team than the other school and the other schools. This is pay, a real deal. If people don't understand. People, these, people these, don't these, know what I go through. These schools have multiple principals. I mean, the money that like so you say if you got five schools in there, each school got a budget of yeah. maybe three, four million dollars. There's no way we shouldn't have the most of the best. We shouldn't have the. The finer things in life, when you're bringing in twelve, thirteen million dollars to school, well, that's not usually the case. Gotcha. You know, they ever spend that money on copy paper? <laughs> you know, I think we got enough copy paper to build the build another building. Um, yeah. The product on the court, though, bud. Hmm. What was the turning point? I'm actually that question. I I think I know the answer though. You mentioned his name already. Keith Spellman. Oh, definitely. Keith. Then when I got Keith. When did you realize I I got a team here? Well, in eighth grade, I said, if I get these guys, I had a couple of guys from my 302, Delroy, Jarrett, and those guys. They was the first guys I brought in. So Delroy's mother said, well, you got them guys going over there. You should be going over there, too. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's the work there. Yeah. And then um, I think Ray Haskins, I want to say he said it. He said, you, if you want to develop the program, you got to work in the school. He told me, you know, it's, it's more money in high school, different things. Yeah. I'm in junior high school. I got it made. Yeah. You know, I'm easy, but then I went over to Jeff, and that's the best move I ever made. Because my first year that I was a coach there, I wasn't working in the school. Right. So even though we had the talent in the team, I wasn't able to keep a hold, keep a hold, or keep those guys together. You know, when um when I get there, they gone, and stuff goes on during the day, so I didn't have a chance to um be with them on a day to day basis. I hear a lot of my friends talk about that, the importance of being in the building. Got to be in the building. You know, I'm assistant coach now at George Wingate. Uh, my, my man, head coach Kayvon Baker, this is his second year at Wingate. Uh, he's he in had, the building? He, yeah, he's in the building. He's in the building. He had a varsity job before this at John Dewey. He wasn't in the building. He always talked about the challenges. How did you, accepting a job in Thomas Jefferson, change the product on, on the court? I mean, you, it changed because you're able to work with the kids all day and, you know, up into the evening. And they they see your passion and the work that you put into it. So it helps a lot when they see you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you just got to be visible mm-hmm. and be there to support them. Mm-hmm. Academically, socially, things that happen. 
when you're not there, by the time you get there, the dust already settled. It was hard, you know, so to go back and undo a lot of that stuff. But, I mean, that was the best move I made. Tell me about laying the groundwork on the court. We mentioned Keith Spellman. Like, tell me those, those days in practice or give me a game when you felt like you put the city on notice. I'm here. It's not just, it's not just boys high. It's not just Abraham Lincoln High School. Bud Pollard, Thomas Jefferson, Orange Wave. We're here. Well, I think it started in in, in Dean Street Park when, um, because at that time it was Dean Street Park. All those guys I had on my team from the Lexington Avenue guys, boot camp, Rasheen Dunn, Uncle, and all those guys, and, and, and Covey, and all those guys, and Kayshawn. So we was all I had them on my eighth grade team. So at that time, Lance was on. The, he had his team with Lance Stevenson. Yeah. So okay. Lance. So actually, Keith. Keith won MVP in eighth grade year in Lance. Had a nice article in the paper. Excuse me. In the Dean Street. In, in Dean Street. This is a summer league. This is a summer, summer league. league. They're all eighth graders. Right. Lance and them father broke the trophy, made a big city. It was mad that he, Keith got that. Broke the trophy. They went and broke Keith's trophy? because they, they didn't break Keith's trophy, but they, they broke their trophy. Whatever he got. Because I think, I don't, I don't, I think they might have won it, but Keith got MVP of the league. Right. So they was pissed about that. I think the Pops, Pops was pissed. You know, and, um. But that was that was kind of so it became like a rivalry. But at that time, we wasn't in the same division. Mm-hmm. I think like a year later, like they sophomore year, they they, was, they joined that made the double A, and then that's that's when the rivalry started. From the summer before, the summer before that, because that's when all those guys that came in, yeah. and, and you know Keith was a great kid, athletic, but he couldn't really shoot the ball. But he was a worker. So by him being a worker, he made everybody else a worker. Then I got Jamaica. Keep sophomore year, and they was workers. And it's, it's strange how times have changed. I, you know, we they we had the gym Saturdays and Sundays. That's one thing I'm blessed about. The administration always gave. They didn't give me a lot, but they gave me the gym. I said, give me the gym time. time. I'll figure everything else out. So, um, oh, real we, quick, with, with uh, Spellman, you had him at junior high school. Was there ever a question about him maybe not going to Jeff? Like, yeah, yeah, I he, love you, but I, I'm going so somewhere he, else. So his guidance counselor, I think, was in bed with somebody from Bedford. That was a brother, Coach Terry over I never Coach Terry at Bedford Academy. Yeah. So um, they kind of try, they tried to put Keith in there. But you know what I'm saying? I had to cut him off at the path mm-hmm. and do some things. And then we brought Keith over to Jeff. Keith would have never been Keith Spellman at Bedford Academy. Because it's hard sometimes for kids to want to go somewhere and build. They want to play for something that's already established. But we wasn't established that he was the, like, the, he was. That that's was, what I'm saying. Like, it, sometimes they don't want to do that work. They yeah, rather yeah, yeah, go yeah. play for somebody that's ready made. They don't want to be the yeah. foundation. But I think the relationship, we all from the same neighborhood. And once they all, they all came together, we knew that, you know, they believed in me that we would, we would get there. And we got there in a hurry. You know, I think that first year we had a playoff loss, and and, and uh, we got upset uptown. And once we got Jamaica, then we lost that year. It's sophomore year, and then the last two years, we we put in that work. Mm-hmm. You know, we was we was we was right there at the top, competing for a championship. Did Keith Spellman ever meet up with Lance in high school? Tell me about oh, they, oh, them. Oh, them battles was them battles was epic. You know, the crowds, the. You know, at that time they was doing the born ready, so it was cameras, crowds, everybody. It was those were great times, man. Was, Anything, any moment uh, 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 stand out to you? I mean, it was a lot of moments. Those games was great. I still got the books of those games. Mm-hmm. And Keith, you know, Keith, Keith, Keith could match him in high school. I heard Keith, Keith, Keith could match him. Keith could match anybody in high school. And um, Keith, Keith couldn't shoot in junior high school. We was playing Long Island, and the kids would know that he could dunk. He's athletic. Yeah. He, Got all the handle and the 
but he they were back up off. We couldn't shoot. But I, I, one thing he did every Saturday, Sunday in that gym. If I'm not at that gym, if I say we at the gym at eight nine o'clock, when I get there, Keith and Jamaica, Dave Cooley, them guys is waiting outside that gym, and they put in that work. And, I, and, I, and that's one thing I miss and I love about those guys. The kids today are different. Mm-hmm. I got to beg them to get in the gym. Those guys. They was there. They was there. They yeah. put in that work. It was, it was tough. When did you first realize that the competition around the city, your peers, coaches, started to view you as a threat? Well, I, th- I didn't think they viewed me at first. They did, I remember Tiny said to me, oh, you at Jeff? Oh, you can't get it done there. You you can't get it done there. Kid ain't going to, parent ain't going to send his kid. No way. To you know what I'm saying? I'm like, well, why not? You know, I'm, I'm like, you know, I'm, things happen in the past, but things change. Mm-hmm. Things happen everywhere. But he didn't think I can get it done. Mm-hmm. You know, he didn't think I can get it done. A lot of people probably didn't. But then once the Keith Spellman in Jamaica came, that Southway, they knew that it was coming. Open up the floodgates. Open up the floodgates. Open up the floodgates. Fast forward, 2016. City champion, state champion. Mm-hmm. Behind the work of the great Shamari Pons and Rasheen Dunn, amongst other players. They got throw Curtis in there. We had a big three. Big Cur- shot Curtis, Curtis Smith. Okay. Tell me everything you want me to know about that championship game. The city championship game? Yes, sir. Uh, well, well, that city championship game was won the, the week of practice. Mm-hmm. So we, we got this thing we do uh, 32 minutes of hell. So I put the clock on 32 minutes. This game's 32 minutes. And I just and I just put the kids through the worst they could ever, the running, the mad balls, the sliding. You know, it's, just, you know, it's, it's a mental. So it's mental, mental toughness, physical toughness. 32 minutes. 32 minutes straight. No water break, no nothing. Mm-hmm. And we um, just call it 32 minutes of hell. That week, every time we did it every day, and it was they wanted overtime. They, they wanted, wanted to go. More? They wanted more. So when we was on a bus going to the game, I said, "We gonna beat them by 20. Mm-hmm. We gonna be deep. The, the focus and the determination in that team wasn't my most talented team. They no. Well, you take away you take away Shamari Ryan, those guys like you couldn't tell me another guy. You see, you don't even know another guy on that team. <laughs> you couldn't tell me another guy on the team. Now, when I had the Keith, when we had our best team with Keith and Jamaica and those guys, well, Keith and um Dave Cooley got hurt. Mm-hmm. That was like my most talented team, but they had injuries right. that 2009 season. So that that hurt us. But you on that team you can name five division one players, Devontae, Keith, right. Jamaica, you know, Dave Cooley, Devon, you know, you could name you could name them. Kyle, you got the Kyle, Allen. You can name a bunch of guys on that team. They was, we was good from one to twelve. This team, not that much. We didn't we didn't have that much, we didn't have that much talent, but they was tough. They was tough. They was tough. They played together and they played for Shamari. Like they they his leadership, his leadership. I'm gonna tell you a story. Um, that happened a year out. His leadership. The kids followed him. They loved him. They loved to play with him. He was determined to win. Mm-hmm. You know, and they, and they loved it, and they didn't want to let him down. So uh, the following year, we had a guy, the beast was called a beast, Mally. So we was in, we, we were struggling that year. We ended up getting it together, going back to the garden the following year, but we right. lost to Lincoln. So when we had, we was in Atlanta getting our ass kicked, and I was like, damn. I said, what's wrong with you guys? And Alan, he said, yo, he said, I said, what's wrong? He said, you know, no, 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 he go be big dog. I'm gonna tell you the truth, like. Last year when we seen it ain't the same. Last year when I when I looked at Shamari's eyes, I knew I couldn't let him down. Wow. We knew we couldn't let him down. Wow. We knew we had to fight. 
we knew we wasn't losing because we knew we couldn't let him down. Slick? Slick. This was this was this, this is yeah. what this was the kid told me in front of the team. So we had a team meeting. Cause we I'm like, we getting our ass kicked. Why are we getting we got we 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 should be just as good as we were the year before. This is what Shamari inspired in his teammates. And the teammates. So he so he so he said, Yeah, I say fuck big dog. The rest of the team say fuck big dog. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so everybody like fuck big dog. Right. So and, and the reason why they would say that, cause I'm pushing, I'm pushing, yeah. I'm not picking on them. Like order they they here. I'm trying to get them here. So I'm I'm, I'm coaching them like I did my teams in the past, and that taught me a lesson. Can't coach every team, team the same. same you can't coach every team on one. I'm thinking after we just won the city and state, we got a lot of guys returning. You played great in the garden. You should want to get there again and win it again. Like when you, it's like when you, when you win a championship, it's like damn. The pain of losing is worse than the joy of winning. So I don't lost four or five. So I want to. I don't want to lose them. I want to get. There. I want to win again. Like because the first thing I did when I won that trophy, I took it on the train. I drove. I took it on the train back to Eastern York. I took the train back. You so took the train. Back. I took the train back from the guard with the trophy. I get to the corner store. One of the guys said to me, he said, "That's you. You got to get more than one. You done got your ass kicked three or four times. You got to get more than one. Wow. So that one didn't mean nothing. So when he said that, I was like, damn. I won this one. This is the first one in 60 years. Yeah. I think everybody would be happy, but yeah. nobody was like, you lost five, you lost three and four in a row. 2016, that championship. And, and what was the story of the game? You up against the vaunted Abraham Lincoln. They ain't have an NBA juggernaut, but it's Tiny Moore and it's Lincoln. Yeah, I mean, that was a great, that year was the, 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 the parody and the, and the, and the competitive, um, competitive relationship that we had between us, because at the time, Tiny lived across the street from me. Wow. So when I drive, I drive in my house every night, I see them trophies in his window. That's crazy. He showed me so-and-so. So we live right across the street from each other. So, you know, he talk a lot of shit, too. He write me in his house, said, bud, I kicked your ass for that one. I kicked oh. your ass for that one. So he, he talk his ish. So that year, we played them at our school. We beat them. Mm -hmm. We went to Lincoln. At the end of the we went to Lincoln, and he always, he, he never forget this. So at the Lincoln game, I didn't, I didn't, um, what happened? I didn't. Um, shake his hand? No, not shake his hand. I didn't play Shamari and um, Rasheen and those guys. It was like a Friday night. The game got moved to Friday night. We, yeah. we changed the schedule. But we was already division champs. The following Saturday, we had a big event in Christ the King. And whatever, I forgot who we played that Thursday, the clinched division. But, it's just, you know, so the double it's A is a, game. It's a tense game. So that Friday, I said, I'm going to decide to play the guy that, that, that's not going to play no more this season. Because, yeah. you know, your rotation get cut. I said, listen, guys, I'm not playing Shamari, the big three, Rasheen and Curtis. I'm playing you guys here, Pack House. Yeah. You guys might not play no more this year when it's playoff run. The, the, the rotation getting cut. Mm -hmm. So when they showed, when we came out the locker room, they seen them guys in street clothes. Everybody was in awe. Right. They was like... They can't, I came to see Slick. I, I came to see the – how you Pop. not playing these guys? Tiny was pissed off. He was – the whole game he sat there on the bench with his head. <laughs> that was the best – yo, I wish I could take a picture. I had that memory um, on, on a picture in front of my – on my refrigerator. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so that – that they beat us in the boroughs. They beat us in the boroughs. Rakim was a little physical on us. You know, we, did, we made a few adjustments, and they, and they, they texted my phone. Yo, we never losing again. Never losing again. And we never losing again. And, and I knew this team was special. We was at um, South Shore. And we, that's the only, I think that's the only league game we lost. Mm -hmm. Other than that one, that one, I, I didn't play the guys. And we played like ish. Mm -hmm. You know, so we played like ish. And we turned, we got real sloppy, not, not finishing. So they ended up beating us. So I was pissed. When I went in the locker room, you know, in the, in the other gym, 
You thought somebody died. Mm -hmm. Them guys was crying. I, I, I went from being upset to being, wow, these dudes care that much. Yeah. And yeah. they tell you on my phone every night, yeah, I swear. I, 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 yeah. I swear. So that's how I knew that. I, that's, that's the moment I knew we was going to win it and that team was special. Because for them to be the way they were after a loss like that, Rasheen crying, Shmari crying. Like, them guys was upset. They was crying. It meant a lot to them. For a regular season game, I lost a playoff game last year. I come live when the guys are laughing. Oh, uh, yeah. They laugh. It's yeah. a different type of kid. But those guys, that team, that team was special. Talk to me about the dynamic between Shamari Slick Pines and Rasheen Dunn. Well, they, they, they both went to school together since elementary school. And um, I think they went to Eagle. Eagle, they went to Eagle from elementary school. Mm -hmm. They've been in the same class in the same grade. I think their whole whole um, time during schooling. So um, I'm on, I'm definitely middle school, but I want to say elementary mm -hmm. school as well. So they've been together from from one to twelve, mm -hmm. and, it, and for them to get co MVP in the garden, did they? They got co MVP in the garden. Perfect. They said so it was perfect. So um, because they came to me, I said, well. Slick had about 28-30, but Rasheen started it off, and Slick finished it. Mm -hmm. First half, we, you know, Rasheen came out killing him. Then Slick finished him. It was a perfect ending to that, that Master Square Garden. We went upstate and won it, but that with them winning it on the garden right there, seniors, that picture of them hugging and crying, like, that was the best. It's, it was great because Slick is kind of smooth, you know what I mean? He's going to hit his jump shot. Rob was kind of like the muscle, you know, like the, the, the bully. And if a team wanted to focus on Shamari Pons, they couldn't because Rob was on the other side. He's going to kill him. Rob, then you had CJ. And Matt, you had, we had great role players that year. Mm -hmm. You know, little Chi Chi. We had, we had great role players. Mm -hmm. But everybody knew Slick was the guy. Yeah. And they played around him. And he was so unselfish. He made them better. That's why I think people don't understand how much, he, how much better he made the other guys. Mm -hmm. And I remember one game we have we was he was we played Cardinal Hayes and the guy don't want to train my call now and I don't know what's up with this guy Cardinal Hayes yeah this guy's a bad no guy good. Yeah, no bad good yeah bad guy he don't want to train my call we supposed to be playing every year you know once I beat him a couple of times they can't take those losses from the city guys yeah so what make a long story short um Slick is having a great a great game Tiny's at Seton Hall he comes back yo this guy's got better we got to offer this guy so he got about forty four I said Slick get fifty he said nah I got to make sure everybody else good wow. So yeah, I was like, wow, like you know, he, him, and Thaddeus, and a lot of those guys. Like, that's one thing I noticed about those lefties. They real, they very unselfish. With a player like Shamari Pons, and for those who don't know, Shamari Pons would up going having a great career at St. John's and end up making it to the NBA. How do you challenge a player like that in practice? Do you, if there's maybe someone who can't match up with them, with him. Or, like, how does that work? How do you well, handle a player like that in practice? Well, well pray, a guy like Samari is easy to handle. He's a worker. I mean, it could stem from his father, his upbringing with Fire and Ice, and Keith and Nusi and those guys. So when he came to me, like, he was already had a great work ethic. He had those guys pushing him. Mm -hmm. So he, had, he got hit. And the reason why he was so successful, his circle of people around him all pushed him in the right direction, kept him sent to the ground. Now, once he got to college and got on Instagram, that's another story. <laughs> you know, but... um. He he 
he was just a guy you could push, and I and we had a great relationship, yeah. you know. And um, it, I remember first, they had math class like second period, my free period. That was they they senior year, so I had to make sure they get there. I had to go get them breakfast. I had to sit math class with them, you know. I'm I'm old now, I can't remember that stuff. So yeah. I sit in there, do the math with them. So we just had a great relationship, and I could say anything. To Why him. would you do that? Just to build rapport? Not just to build rapport. You know, those guys are seniors. Like I want, I want those guys to get this class. Wow. You know, what I'm saying like that team. And especially him and Rasheen, I was really close with. I remember Rasheen's mother, God bless it, her grandmother, we, we had a game. They freshman year, they all played JV. So I wanted all those guys. I didn't want them to mix with the varsity guys. The varsity guys I had on my team was the Sun Sons, the Flirts. Those guys was tough, different type of kid. Mm -hmm. They was all seniors. So I kept Shamari, Rasheen, Isaac, Conte. He shouldn't have left. He would have been part of that chip. I wish he would have stayed. So I kept all those guys on the freshman. They ended up winning the freshman city championship. Mm -hmm. The varsity lost in the city championship. But Rasheen's um, grandmother came to me because I had the uncle, Bootcamp. She said, Bud, why them boys so soft? You got to help them. You got to do this. And she was talking about her oldest son who played for me, who I couldn't keep grounded, who I lost to the, you know, to the streets, right. kind of. Great guy now. But um, she, said, um, she said to me, like, make him tougher. Make sure he do this. Make sure he do that. She ended up passing away from cancer. So I kind of – and plus I had the uncle. So that, that, that relationship mm – -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Was 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 a real deep one and sincere one. I wanted to make sure he succeed. Mm -hmm. Cause he had the he he's the type of kid that, you know, he can go anyway. Mm -hmm. But he was smart academically and he was tough, but he didn't have the work ethics Shamari had. He had a lot of distractions. But he ended up getting it later. Yeah. You know, but um Is jealousy ever an issue in a team like that? Was somebody nah, that was, gets top they, billing like uh Shamari? Nah, it was it was never an issue. Mm -hmm. You know, I think we had one we had one parent on a trip. Basketball Bob, man. Basketball Bob said, he said, <laughs> he said, yeah, well, why every time we go somewhere, uh, Shamari get new sneakers? Because everywhere <laughs> we go, he, I said, we're in the city of Palms. You know what I'm saying? They, that, that, them checks that we go from, we go, we go, we here, we here in Florida, we go home for Christmas Day, Christmas Eve, we go fly out mm -hmm. to go to California. Everywhere we go, there's boxes, boxes and checks. I said, well, Bob, you, how did you pay for that hotel on this trip? No. He go, no. I said, well, that's what happens yeah. when you got a guy like uh, uh, Shamari. Boxes you know? and checks from where, Bud? Because yeah. not only are you good at coaching basketball, the business of basketball. I mean, you get high school basketball. sponsors, relationship, friends. You know, people come, people support. Like, how did you get a high school basketball, as you mentioned, to a New York State public high school to California? Well, the first we went there. That, we went there the first year we went. We raised money. We raised money. My friends, sponsors, sponsors. They, you know, they raised money. We raised money. We went out there. So Shamar, we turned it out out there. So they said next year we want y'all to come back, and we paying for you. Then they invite us to City and Palm. They pay for you. So they wow. give, they give you twenty thousand. You know, what I'm saying to pay them, them tickets ain't them tickets is expensive. So the first year was on the arm. You on the arm. Second, sponsors, of uh, fundraising. Spon sponsors of fundraising the first year. Second year, you know, they get, you know, you fly out there, they give you room. Yeah. The next year, they pay for everything, meals. So that, and then we are sponsors. So I remember Christmas, we on the, we on the water, roof Chris, Christmas, guys eating one hundred fifty dollar meals. Wow, that's how it was. It was good. That was a good time in the program. So that first year, when you planned a trip and you were counting on fundraising, you kind of taking a chance because you didn't know if you would make the budget, right? No, every every year, that's what we do. Like okay. we going, we going, we going to Phoenix this year. So um, you know, I always we always fundraise. You know, Hurst Classic, friends, family, like people that's friends of the program, and they donate money. 
You know, we don't have like a dinner, dungeon like some people have, right. like a, like a, like a gala. But what we have is around this time, you know, I ask people to come support the Hurry's Classic, and people donate to help us do the things that we do. Do the things you do. One of those years when you were out there in California, you played against not only Lonzo Ball. No, that no, that was a city of Palms. They they flew us out there in California, right? No, that was in Florida. Oh, that was Florida. That was they senior year. You played Lonzo Ball in high school, LiAngelo Ball, and Lamelo Ball. Played them. First game. Shamari Pons gave Lonzo Ball a 40-piece. But, oh, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. I meant that, that I'm, we're going to go back to the part where you said, well, how you coach a kid like that? Because of our relationship, you know, and, and, and I could talk to them a certain time. I can't talk to these kids like that now. So we, we, we playing them. They flew us in there for that game. They want our style of play. The guy came, they, you know, they come, Scott, they, our style of play. They God sti- play buckets. They, they, style, they style of play, our pressing, our fat, fast break and all that crap. So they, they feature game. They should, we shouldn't have played the first night. We should have been on other sides of the bracket, brackets to hopefully. But the guy said, he said, I couldn't miss this matchup by upset. Yeah. I had to have this first day. So I respected that. So we, um, because we just as well could have won the tournament as well. So we played the first night, pack house. Now, mind you, this house is the, the city of Palms before they moved to a new gym. It's the high school gym. Mm-hmm. So it's packed to the ceiling. On, this, on, a, on, a, on the ends of the courts, you got, you got um, college, goals, college coaches, all the media. Any, you, name, you name them, they there. But on the outside of the gym, they got a tent with seats and a big screen TV. Wow. Food. Great, great atmosphere. Just great. to be close to the game. Yeah, just to be close <laughs> to the game. So you don't even get in the game, but you could come there and watch it on a big screen and yeah. enjoy the food and the festives. So we ended up, we ended up 9 o'clock game. We ended up down 20. Down 20. It's like 20 to 1. Shamar be on the baseline in front of everybody. I cursed this guy out. Like, I never cursed a player out again. Wow. I said, oh, I'm going to say it here. I said, you... You this, you yeah. that. You told me you was going to do this. You bop, bop, bop. Yo, man, I, I gave it to him. <laughs> the guy in the tournament, man, he said, Yo, so you, it was, everybody was in shock because the way I spoke to him. Yeah. His mother was there. She's saying the same thing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so get him, bud. Get him, bud. So he, um, he gave me that look. He didn't say nothing. He gave me that look. So the score went from 20 to 1. We down 20. We down 19. Yeah. Score went from 20 to 1 to 20 to 21. Wow. He scored like he scored like twenty straight. <laughs> he got them guys on his back, and next you know we we in a, we in a dog fight. Yeah. We ended up we was up four under a minute left. We missed a box out. They get two phantom foul calls. They ended up winning by one. You know so, but it, it was a great game. And 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 we, we, we <laughs> the funny thing. I, one thing I forget I never forget about the game. Guys, we call him you know slick. Slick. Guy stands up. It seemed like the, no every the gym was quiet. He stands up in the middle of the gym. He says slick. How did you get so slick, yo? <laughs> I never forget that moment, and um, you know the father was there. I wish I'd have had more times talking to him. He's a character. Oh, Leon, yeah, uh, Lavarbo. Yeah, yeah. I wish I'd. Have, I mean, one of our assistant coaches always butter roll with him, but I wish we'd have had. I'd have talked to him. He's a funny guy, but it was a lot of talent out there. From um, was Michael Porter. And they, yeah. Michael, everybody was out there. We, we ended up beating them, on, beating up on them the next day. Wow, Michael Porter Jr., who's with the Nuggets right now. Yeah, yeah, we beat up on him. So Slick had the guard. Slick had to play against those type of kids. Yeah. So we, you know, so, and it's a few other guys that we played against that we ended up going out there and going upside their head. But you, you, you carry New York City basketball, Brooklyn basketball, around this country, man. And we sitting here watching you. You feel that. That pressure or probably like, yo, we, we ain't just out here for ourselves. This is Brooklyn. Oh, yeah, definitely. I don't feel the pressure. You know, I try to show love. I try to introduce guys to places I've been so they can go there. Yeah. 
And because um, it's it's good, but you know it's a lot of commitment. It takes a lot of work, mm-hmm. a lot of support. You know, early on in our career, we had to um, come out of our pocket. I remember mm-hmm. we went to Puerto Rico. Um, Cell gave me five thousand. I took five thousand out of my pocket. We went to took t- Tina Puerto Rico. Wow. And um, it cost, but it was a great trip. We ended up playing Demata in the championship, and we got in foul. We was up. We got in foul trouble, and we never recovered. But we, they had like um, Cook, Quinn Cook, and mm-hmm. Open Depot, and they. A whole bunch of other guys they had, but you know, so try. We've been traveling now. We we able to we able to generate and raise the money as opposed to coming out of our pocket, pocket like we did 15 years ago. So that helps out a lot. But it started with you making an investment on yeah on yeah the you got you got to make- invest in your uh, your product. Shamari Pons. Let's see what else I got with Shamari Pons. When he went to college, somebody told me, "Yeah, I think that young man bit off more than he could chew." What did you think about his college decision to attend St. John's in the vaunted Biggies? Well, I thought it was a great fit for him. He's a New York City guy. Mm-hmm. So we went, we went to the St. John's game at the Garden when Mike Krzyzewski got the 1,000 wins. Mm-hmm. We went there. And he was like, his eyes, like, like I knew that's where he wanted to be. Mm-hmm. Like, he's a New York City guy. Like, he's not going to... You know, I mean, he, he could have went a lot of places. Yeah. You know, it was a lot of great coaches really wanted him in the Big East and other places. He's a New York City guy. It was it was perfect to see to see him represent the city, see him in Master Square Garden, what he did to Duke, that game. Like I'm thinking about when he was watching that game, and then what he did. He couldn't wait to get to that get to that game when he was as a player. And How much is, he had against Duke when he was at St. John's? About 36. Yeah. With the Mike Sashesi got on him, though, that next year yeah. at Duke, he made sure you wasn't, he took his jacket or he was on Shamari Tail that day. But he, no, that, the, again, these are these are these New York moments. If fans of New York City basketball, we sitting there watching. Like, that's our guy and he putting on against one of the biggest brands in college basketball. Yeah. Gave yeah. Mike Sashesi and the Duke Blue Devils 36 points. But, but and go the L. Ahead. Don't forget the L. Yeah. And that, but he he was ready. Well, I, I went down to Cameron the following year. You never questioned if he could hang in the biggies. No, nah, I knew he could. But if if you watched him, if you he never had a bad game in a big moment against a big a good a big player. He was in the EYBL against all those guys in his class, and he was he dominated mm-hmm. from the Tatum matchup from the uh, what's the guy little guy little guy um, from Atlanta. Um, tri- Trey Young? Trey Young. All of those guys are the same class. And Shamari led, he was like the leading scorer in the EYBL, led it in steals. He was one of, he was a great player in the EYBL playing against those guys. So he knew what he can do. Plus, when we we travel and we play against guys all over the country. And um he anytime them lights come on, he gonna perform. He put his dancing shoes on. He, put, he, put, he performs. <laughs> he performs. And everywhere we go, they always wants to come back. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and he, he was a great player, but we had a lot of great players yeah. who let, who helped us get to this level anywhere we go. I get more love out of town than I do in the town. For sure. You know what I'm saying? And everywhere we go, people want to come back the way the team carry themselves. Yeah. And, you know, for whatever reason, God has blessed us. We go to the airport. We run into people. People feed the kids. People ask how can they help. Mm. You know, so I get a lot of help from a lot of people. What is your approach with helping kids with their college decision? Everybody's different. Shamari Pons, Rasheen Dunn, like, how do you go about giving advice or assessing what a kid should do? Like, how how do you approach it? I give I give my I give my kid I give the kids my opinion. Mm -hmm. I don't make a decision because I don't have to go there. Mm -hmm. I went to West Virginia. My time is up. 
you know, but I don't have to be there. You got to be there. You got to make decisions. You got to live with it. You're never going to say, oh, Bud told me to go here. Bud told me to do that. Then it don't work out. You come back You come back on me. So you got to make a decision on your own based on your comfortability with where you want to go, being away from home, your support. I mean, a lot of things play, was, play, play a factor in that. You know, some kids don't listen. You know, some kids look for things and that they that other people have. But that's all I can say is give them my, my opinion. From the outside looking in, just watching through the years, Shamari Pons played JV at Thomas Jefferson. Freshman. Rasheen Dunn played JV at Thomas Jefferson. Freshman and sophomore. He didn't move up that sophomore year. But it seems like you are developing. Yes, yeah. Jaquan Carlos, four-year varsity? Yeah, four-year varsity. See that shot he hit last night? Nah, I missed Oh, that. you got to follow the gram, man. I'm going to go, go watch him He came in. And, you know, we, I want to talk about that because he, kid, he, we talk about that, but go ahead. Jaquan Carlos was a guest on the show. Salute. Is that Hofstra right now? These are homegrown kids. And a lot of places in the city, you see coaches trying to pluck talent from other places. Sliding the kids' DMs, promising them and their families things. Come over to my school. But, but I got to give it to you. You're developing your own yeah. homegrown talent. Talk to me about that, that process. I mean, it's, we, we, in our program, we're not, we're not easy to play for. We, demand, we give a lot, but we demand a lot. No, no, no coach is going to treat the kids the way we treat them. Like, you know, we make sure our locker room is custom. Like, we make sure every day we wash the practice gear. So when a kid come to practice, his practice gets washed in the locker room. Who washing them clothes, bud? I do. I wash the clothes in the uniform. I don't let nobody touch that. Certain things, I'm, 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 I'm fickle. I got OCD. So <laughs> I do the uniforms. I do the practice. This gear. is college stuff. Yeah, it's Getting so, practice uniforms washed? That's college-level stuff. Yeah, so actually this year, we finally got a laundromat in the school. My principal put the laundromat laundry okay. up and running now. So I just go upstairs, drop it, pick it up in the morning. But, you know, but... We, we we make sure we travel. We we everything is the best. Mm -hmm. We we fly right. We sleep right. And we eat right. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Not everybody is well taken care of from the apparel set, apparel part of the, of the deal. So you looking good. So you know I believe in that. But I you know taking care of my kids. You know what I'm saying? That's how I was taking care of by a lot of people. So that's what I do. But um, I believe in developing the talent, like keeping it in house. We got enough talent in the neighborhood from my neighborhood to East New York, mm -hmm. you know, and I believe we got kids that's committed to what we're trying to do. You know what I'm saying? We can always be competitive, and that's why I think over the course of time, we, we've been able to lay, maintain a level of consistency with our winning in our program. Because mm -hmm. we don't go always get the, the prima donnas, those type no, of kids. No, you know, I, don't, I don't really like a lot of those guys. Like a lot, of, a lot of people on me about chasing this transfer, chasing that transfer. More than likely, if he's not happy over there, he's not going to be happy over here. For sure. You know what I'm saying? And, and I don't like guys that like to run from, run, run from their problems. Mm -hmm. You know, so, you know, some guy, a lot of guys... You know, run from my problems, but one thing about them, I like that because most of the guys that leave, they wish they wouldn't and they always, always try to come back. For sure. Because you know what I'm saying? Sometimes I'm going to give them love, but it's going to be some tough love with it. Mm -hmm. You know, so, and then that's that's basically how we like to run it, man. From, we like to move our JV guys up and, then, and let them know, listen, our best player all time has played JV, won a JV City Championship. Pons? Huh? Pons? Pons, yeah. That's phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Everybody think they just got to plug and play. No. Developing a kid should still be a practice. Mm -hmm. they, everybody's not coming out of eighth grade ready-made. You're not ready. And that's why I give you credit as a coach, bud. Like, to me, that's one of the most impressive things 
you know, like, dang, what what them boys doing over there? You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, how they, how they, how they developing? Like, it should be a, a true program should serve as an incubator, help take gentlemen to the next uh, level. Selden Jefferson. Mm-hmm. That's your guy. Yeah. Your assistant coach, you mentioned him earlier. Uh, he's actually the JV coach at Thomas Jefferson. Yeah, JV coach, football coach, janitor, parent worker. Painter. Painter. You know How long y'all go back? We go back since he was in middle school. No I way. Try, I tried to get him to come to the high for when I left to take over. We ended up going to Lachlan. That ain't, that ain't work. That ain't work well for him. As players, you played at the high. You tried. For, you tried he to was at three ninety. Yeah. So I tried to. I tried to get him and Wilfred. Wilfred ended up coming with me. Actually, he had the accident with me. He lost a leg in an accident that I had in college that shortened my career. But he came. Um, Cell came after that, and um, Cell. I was there with Cell because I went to grad school there. Right. So they, when I had the accident, they paid for my grad school. I was there, rooming with Cell. You know, taking care of him. Like he is my little brother. So when you get this job at Thomas Jefferson, one of the first calls you make is Southern Jefferson. So, like, yo, because they didn't have JV. Right. So, listen, hey, we're going to get JV. Yo, we're going to take this. What we're going to do? He said, bet. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. And it's funny. He either go to high school games and I was, you know, talk about watch, like, Roof and, you know, I'm a boys high guy. And everybody, coach, I'm like, oh, I wish I was. Why they don't do this? Why they don't do that? Like, mm-hmm. and I, I had to let all my college teammates know coach wasn't bugging. Until you sit in that seat, coach told me the realest thing. My coach, my coach worked under Adolph Rupp, you know. My from co- Kentucky. From Kentucky. He told me two stories. He he played on the team with Jerry West at West Virginia because they both from West Virginia. Right. He played on the team. He told me, he said Adolph Rupp told him. He said when he left to get his the job at Cincinnati, wherever he went, or Kansas, where I forgot where he went. He said you're gonna learn more your first year being a head coach than you will than you did under me for the last 10 years. Wow. And he ain't never lied. <laughs> he ain't never lied. So it's, it's, that seat is hot yeah. and it's hard. And it's a lot of work that go go with this. Like, and I walked in here, like I'm handling buses, make sure things is right. Because sure. when we go places, I don't want to hear things ain't right. So, with with so, your friend, your lieutenant, ha, ha, and I'm kind of in a similar situation. Kayvon Baker, head coach of Wingate, that's my man. We played Kingsborough 2008. We ain't got as many years under the belt as yeah. you two. But we, we lived it. It's different. Like, we went to college together. We lived together after college. How does, how does he serve you as assistant coach? What do you rely on him? What, do you, what does he help you with? Yeah, he helped me with, I mean, he helped me with everything. You know, like, I can't say what. We don't have, like, defined roles. Right. Like, we come in and we, we get it done. Like, you know what I'm saying? Wherever they, you know, wherever they see a problem, they fix it. You know, like Nusi and KP and, you know, Kenny Kings and all, all of my staff. Like, I don't have, like, you handle, you handle the water, you handle this. Like, we come in there and we get the flowing. Like, some days, some days I don't got the energy or while I'm trying, sometimes I'll sit back. I'm trying to read kids' body language, read the other team. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just trying to think. So keep, people say, well, why you stop coaching? I said, I didn't stop coaching right now. I'm trying to figure a lot of things out. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to – because you got to read body language, yeah. the other team's weaknesses, what we're doing, what I want to do, and what the team is ready to do that day is two different things. So, you know, it's a whole lot of things to go into this. So Y'all make it look easy, but, but it can be easy. Oh, it's never easy. What's, what's the last big disagreement you sell had where he wanted to zig, you wanted to zag, and maybe y'all had to – Cool off for a few days or something like. What? Nah, we don't really, we don't really, we don't really get into arguments like that. No, you know what I'm saying. If if he sometimes, 
if I'll be like, you know what, if that's what you want to do, do it. Like we don't really, I don't really get into arguments. I'm a, like, I'm a laid back, cool dude. Like, hey, if you guys think you guys think it'll work, try it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> try it. I'm, I'm see, one thing about me, I never stop learning. I always listen to the kids. A lot of times I ask the kids, well, like, I ask the kids, we playing, I say, I want to do this. How y'all feeling? What y'all want to do? Mm-hmm. Like, we was at ISA the other day, and Noosey said, we playing the team, and Noosey said, hey, let's do this. I said, 35. Noosey said, nah, let's go back to 23. I asked Poppy. I said, Poppy, nah, 35. I said, 35 it is. Yeah. I said, what y'all feeling? 10, y'all want to go, man, how y'all feeling? Man, so when they say that, I know they're ready to get in somebody's ass. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm I'm a 35 man. I want I want guys. I want the other team to play under pressure for 32 minutes. Yeah. That's why I practice the way I practice. You got to play this way for 32 minutes, and then if you beat me, that salute to you. In game, no, but that's a lot of people with a lot of basketball history. Yourself, Selden Jefferson. You mentioned Kenny Kings, Kenny Pretlow. How do you? I guess. Manage it all. You got to watch a game. Like, how, how does it all work? Well, so, see, we, we, it works because, you know, um, somebody always got a good idea. That's a, that's, I think that's why, why. In the heat of the battle. In the, heat of, in, in, the heat, in the heat of the battle. So we usually, we have so much experience, we, we're usually calm and cool. <laughs> like, we never, we, we never get flustered. And it, that's, a good, that's a good thing. We have a lot of experience and um, as players, as coaches. And... Um, that's what they, you know. That's what makes me the best coach in the city because I got the best staff in the city, yes, sir. and I got guys around me that's smarter than me. So, you know, I'm not sitting here listening to somebody that I don't respect. Mm-hmm. I'm going to listen to their opinion. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so, like, we it's games like we at South Shore a couple of years ago. Kenny P had to play over here. You draw the play up. Don't tell it to me. Tell it to them. Because by the time you tell it to me and I relate it to them, the play won't be the same. Wow. I don't mess that up. So, Sell might say, hey, "Let's do it." He might draw something up. I don't have the answers. I wish I did. You know what I'm saying? But I got people around me that do so collectively. One of us is going to have the answer. So that's where I think where we where we we stand out as a staff. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I get the head coach. I get the I'm the head coach. You know what I'm saying? I get the bills and the blame. <laughs> and they never give me an award at the end of the game. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But um but collectively I appreciate the guys that I had around me and I had the same guys around me for years. See, a lot of coaches they bring guys around them that have a player. I'm not bringing a if you if you, you got to come with your player or well, you ain't coming here. Yeah. It's only one big dog on this on a, one big dog here. You know what I'm saying? So I got the same guys around me that I had since day one, mm-hmm. and our system works because over the years it's been us in the Lincolns and us in the South Shores and us in the Boys High. Like I tell my kids now. One one common denominator in all that, it's always been us. We've always been relevant. Mm-hmm. We always got a shot at the title because we're consistent. Mm-hmm. And that's and I appreciate that from the, the kids that I coach and the staff. Kenny Prello, one of the biggest uh, episodes we had here on WBH Radio, longtime assistant at Lincoln, uh, head coach at Lawn Tech, and assistant at Thomas Jefferson. And you guys kind of scooped him up after that, after his tenure at Lincoln. Yeah. Talk to me about that decision. Oh yeah, when, to invite him. This is your form. This is your competitor. You already have your staff and Selden, your longtime teammate and friend. How did you come about? You know what? I, I, I'm gonna invite Kenny B to be a part of uh, the Orange Wave. Yeah, it's like uh, it's like Golden State. Golden State was winning, but Kevin um, KD became a free agent. <laughs> they went and snatched him up. Right. Mm-hmm. It's the same same um, principle. Um, he he can't, and it works it works well for us. Kenny P lives in Star Ray City. Mm-hmm. Um, he 
goes down past our school to go on law and tech, goes to his school. I mean, past our school to, to go, go back home. home. So it makes sense. Like he was he he wasn't coaching when uh when Coach Morton came back, mm-hmm. Tiny came back to Lincoln. Um, he he was he didn't have any. He wasn't he was a free agent at the time, and I knew Bill. Bill is his bestie. You up in wings. That's his bestie. Oh, Billy Turner's up. That's his bestie. Everybody. So I know somebody was gonna snatch him. Yeah. I said, hey, this is come here. This yeah. is a perfect place for you. To and from your job, right on right on your way, straight line to work to your crib. Come over here. So it worked out for us. Mm-hmm. He had a lot. Of, he had a lot of insight and things to help us win that city and state championship. And he's. Sometimes you bring another voice in. So, you know, God has blessed the program. Leadership. I got a doctorate in the spring of 2021 in sport leadership, you know, and that to me, it's not about any X's and O's or it's leadership is not specific to any field, uh, medicine, tech or law. It's really about the science of people. Mm-hmm. So, but how would you describe your your leadership style? I guess I heard a little bit of it. You said I'm the best coach in the city because I'm a little hands off. I let my guys do my thing. So, talk to me about because your because I have the best style. staff. Yeah. I'm surrounded by the best. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm surrounded by the best. But what you said? Uh, tell me about your leadership style. How, your leadership philosophy. How would you describe it? How would I describe it? Um, I like to lead by example. Mm-hmm. You know, what I'm saying I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't ask um, from the players or the coaches to do anything I wouldn't do, and. And I'm an open book. And um, before I ask you to do anything, I'm going to make sure you know that I would do it for you and for the team. And I think that makes me a good leader. Like, I'm going to do what I got to do. I'm going to wash the clothes. I'm going to serve the food. I'm going to put ice in the cooler. I'm going to sweep the floor. So nobody is exempt from anything when it comes to this program and this family. We all got to do what we got to do so we can get from here to here. So I think pretty much that sums it up in a nutshell. And I'm, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to make sure, I'm going to take the responsibility and the blame, but I'm going to make sure everything is good and we got to get to where we got to go. Got to get to where we got to go. Hearst Classic, 2022. Yeah. Talk to me about it, bud. What is the Hearst Classic? Well, Hearst is, Hearst, Hearst was a former um, coach, teacher of mine. He kind of, he recruited me to Westerhouse. When I grew up, I was going, I wanted to go to Boy. My two favorite players was Gerald Green. Um, he lived on my block, and he, he went to Seton Hall. He ended up taking him to the Final Four, Riverside guy. That's how I kind of got up to Riverside. And um, Pearl. So Hurst kind of— Dwayne Pearl Washington. Yeah, you know, he went to Boys and Girls. I wanted to—Maddox Johnson was one of my favorite players, too. So that's like my three favorite guys. So when I ended up going to Western House, you know, but I left. I left because I didn't feel comfortable for me taking that train to Fort Greene and Turk and— you know, just the way the program, it was, the, even though I love Hurst and I love Gerald, I'm a, I, I was like, you know, I'm a boy's hot guy, yeah. red and black. <laughs> I can walk to school. Yeah. I don't want to go to school with all these four green guys, man. All those guys down there, you know, take the train to Jay. This wasn't, it wasn't something I could envision myself doing for four years. So after six months, I was like, no, this is not for me. So um, that's, he, he was a teacher coach, but then we were, after I left Western House, we remained very close to me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I, from hanging out at his crib with the weekend, his wife was a border ed guidance counselor, black lady. He was a white Jewish guy. But he gave me a lot of insight. Right. He sat down, helped me with the SAT. Just a lot of stuff, he, a lot of insight he gave me on the world. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of things I can't even say that he said to me right. about different races, nationalities. But it all made sense. And a lot of things he said to me made sense later than it did sooner. Mm-hmm. 
you know, and I appreciate him for that. I wish he was around for I could tell him how much I appreciated him. He just said a lot of things. And you named this classic, this basketball event that you hold at Thomas Jefferson yeah. after this individual. Yeah, because what happened was he the year the year I got the job, I got the I accepted the job like in February, mm-hmm. uh, May, May March. It was March. It was like springtime. He died like right around right around the time that I did that because we was already doing Team Hirsch because mm-hmm. my man Juice in Long Island, which was his friend. His son, he was in Syosic. His son was playing with the Syosic team. Mm-hmm. So they was getting their butt kicked. His son wasn't playing. So he wanted to get his own team. So Hirsch was like, hey, my guy Bud working at junior high school. He brings some kids up here. So we was calling Cybrook. Right. The Syosic kids and the Brooklyn kids. Right. <laughs> so that's how I got him really coaching. So I would bring him out there, Island Garden. Then when Hirsch died, we named the team Hirsch. Mm-hmm. So then when, you know, my first year, we decided to do the Hirsch Classic in Hirsch his honor because he helped a lot of kids, yeah. a lot of guys. Like I mean, everybody knows Hirsch. Okay. And what's the dates for this year? The dates is November nineteenth and November twentieth. And how many years has it been now? This is eighteen, but it would have been nineteen without COVID. Without COVID, this is my nineteenth year. And we got three days of games. Two days, no Friday, but all day Saturday, all day Sunday. How many games total? Twelve. Okay. Six and six. Any first year participants? You know, I can't remember. Yeah. I can't re- yes, it's definitely so. I know Far Rock, um, Eagle Bronx, Eagle Bronx's first year. Um, I can't really remember off the mm-hmm. top of my head. Wingate Generals will be there. This is our second year. Got us playing on Sunday. Uh, it gets crazy in there, bud. Yeah, it's going to get crazy in there this year. We got some good games. You know, I think this year is going to be a good class. Who's Jeff playing? We play Eagle from the Bronx. Eagle from the Bronx. You got a favorite moment from the Hearst Classic over the years? I'm sure there's plenty. Um, Anything stand out? Nah, everything. Every so always good. It's always fun. A lot of people come back. It's almost like a basketball homecoming. Yeah, it is. Is that for uh, for us? You know, in um, the city. Yeah, so every you know, so opening of basketball, and then a lot of people come back. Get to see a lot of people. It's a great day. A tiring weekend, but it's worth it. I see a new sponsor on the flyer. Who? Puma Basketball. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, bud. Talk to me about, huh? Puma uh, Basketball. Well, you know, we we was um we was Under Armour, and um for years, and a lot of my guys left, and then last year, like around October first, it just told me at the last minute that they wasn't um renewing the contract. Things changed. Blah blah blah. Wish they would have told me sooner. Mm-hmm. Gave me the chance to figure it out, but you know, I went last year. Then. Didn't have any, didn't have anything, made work what I had, and then, you know, Puma, Puma stepped up, offered to come and help, and then, you know, the big homie stamped it. What big are. homie? Man, who's the big homie over there? Come, Jay Z. Yo, <laughs> bro, who who called you from Puma, man? This <laughs> is I, just, I just know, I just, I just know Drew, Drew Juan. OG Juan? Him, yeah, OG Juan and those guys, man, and um, they came and stepped in to help when they seen it was a need for it. And um, they brought me in. We went over there, and they um, they said, "Listen, we're gonna we're gonna make this relationship. They don't have grassroots. We're gonna kind of start with you guys, you know." So, so we were willing to start. And, and that's so, how it, so is that just the Hearst Classic deals? No, no, that's that's, that's, that's Thomas that, Jeff. It's just Thomas Jeff. That's that's what we in now. We gonna we're in the process of doing the Puma thing. That's the Jeff thing. They didn't get it. It's, it's last minute because mm-hmm. it all. We all, we 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 agreed we agreed to the deal in um, like late September. So this is last minute. This is last minute. I know they, they they did something for us in June, but we never, you know, yeah. summertime. And time, time sure flies, man. Yeah. And um, so we kind of finalized things in um, September. Well, congratulations, man. Yeah, thanks, New man. chapter. 
Yeah, new chapter. You got a pair of sneakers for me or not? Nah, I ain't even, I ain't even getting none yet, man. We didn't even get <laughs> we didn't even get it. We even have uniforms and stuff yet. But we got like the stuff we got is the miscellaneous accessories, yeah. but the main stuff should be in hopefully any day now. Cause you know, it takes four to six weeks. And we did this um the third, uh-huh. October third. So we should have everything hopefully by the Hearst Classic. That's what's up. You know? That's what's up. Hearst Classic, man. Make sure y'all come out. Check it out. Two days of basketball. See Thomas Jefferson. We have Tanya play Saturday night. Seven o'clock. Main event. And then the Wingate Generals is playing Sunday morning. Oh, I got to look at my phone. We got to... Hold up, man. You should plug gotta, it. We got to do the... We got to give up the whole... Rock. We plug go, it. Plug it. We got to go the whole roster, man. It gets a lot of guys playing. I know the first game... The first game is going to be... Uh, the first game... It's gonna be, oh yeah, Saturday. It'll be Jeff versus Jeff versus Wagner JV. Then we got Wagner Wheels at twelve. Then we got Curtis Erasmus one forty five. Keith Staten Island Forest Hill three thirty. John Bound, John Bound BC five fifteen. You got us seven fifteen. I mean seven o'clock. Lawn Tech in there. Lawn Tech played the following day. The second day you got uh-huh. Far Rock Bethett. Um, 10 a.m., Fannie Lou. Wingate. Wingate, 11.45. Um, Van Buren, first-timers against Banneker, 1.30. Mega Evans, achievement first, 3.15. That's the first-timer, um, achievement first. Then you got Skiles versus Brooklyn Law, four. And then you got uh, Robeson and Norman Thomas, another first-timer. All right, there we go. There we there, go. Plenty of people go. you could come check out, especially if you're a fan of WBH Radio. Kenny P is at the helm of Lawn Tech. You got our latest guest, Lawrence Bud Pollard. You know, Coach Baker, Wingate. Like, come out, show love, especially if the, the, the funds is helping these boys go around the country and stuff. You yeah, know, I mean, it helps. Bud's one of the good guys, man. If he wasn't, he wouldn't be here. But I want to talk a little bit about your, uh, your, your, your playing career. You were a standout at Boys High? Yeah, with the Boys High. And um earned yourself a scholarship to West, West Virginia. Virginia. West Virginia. Went to West Virginia. Straight from the high? Straight from the high. I didn't go I didn't have to go to prep school, junior college. I I did the work, you know what I'm saying? So I was I wasn't prop forty eight, so I went from West Virginia, Boys High to West Virginia. Went to two fifty eight to Boys High mm-hmm. to West Virginia. And um was there two I was there on my sophomore year. We went to the NCAA tournament. We had a good group. But me, two players on the team, myself and Wilford, he had a shot on my hip, and he um, he lost a leg in a car accident. We was going back, we was going back to West Virginia Easter. So um, this part of your story is is very interesting, tragic. Um, your your friend, you were behind the wheel. You, guys got in a car accident. He yeah. actually lost his leg. How old are you at this time? Was it twenty? 20? But this is a lot to handle for a 20-year-old. Like, even reading the stories and stuff, I'm like, how how tough was the situation? Basketball's being taken from you. Your friend is hurt. Like, what was that like for a 20-year-old kid? Man, I, I was, it was tough. But, you know, I, things I've been through in life, like, you know, I had to, you got to keep going. You know, life life is sometimes pull you down, but you got to get up. You gotta get Who up. told you specifically? Like, were you ever able to return to the court? So I returned to the court, Not you know, a year later. But, you know, I really I wasn't the same. I wasn't able to get the minutes. I was supposed to be starting going into my junior year. But I um I wasn't able to play and be productive. But you know, What they did injury the, were you I shattered my, from? I shattered my acetabulum oh. bone on my hips. Mm-hmm. So it's like basically my 
the, the front of the car caved in, so he was laying back. So when it caved in, it, it clipped his leg because mm -hmm. he had one leg like bent, one leg straight. And then by me driving, it pushed like my knees against my knees. It pushed like my femurs through my hips. Mm -hmm. So I fractured and shattered my hips. So um, that's why I walk like that. <laughs> but it's your career and then your friend not being able to play or losing his leg. Like, I mean, that, he was a starter. We were supposed to play. It was hard. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, if you go for years dealing with like, damn. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And um, you kind of kind of blame yourself for that. You know, and he been through a lot. You know, he was he was on a visit to Syracuse, got accused of rape. He's a motivational speaker now. You know, and he it's a lot of things that went on in his life. So, you know. Was that moment when you stopped blaming yourself? Nah, I just put it in God's hands, man. Mm -hmm. Just, you know, I kind of put it on the shelf like a trophy. Like, you know, it's there every day. It, you go, you something that happened. Got to go through it and go go through life, man. Because mm -hmm. life, if you live in the past, you can never move on. Mm -hmm. You know, and there's something that we got to deal with. Mm -hmm. well, well, how did that, in, I mean, I'm sure. How did it impact your guys' relationship at that time? I mean, it it we, it we definitely had an impact because we wasn't as close as we were because we wasn't around each other. Because when, when it happened, um, he had to go to New York for treatment because this happened like in um, Maryland, like the mountains of Maryland. I forget the little town. Mm -hmm. But um, he happened to marry, so we had I had a choice to go to New York or go to Pittsburgh to get my surgery, and um, I went to Pittsburgh to get the surgery. He he had to go to New York to get the the, the care that he needed, and um, for years then I was I, he was he wasn't on campus, and I was on campus um, rehabbing, and he was in New York rehabbing. They was they fought to save to try to save his leg for a few years, you know. And we didn't have the technology we had. We have cell phones back right, then, right. Or, 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 or phones in the dorm that called out. Right. You know, so you know we didn't. It was like we can talk, like talk as much, be around each other as much. You know, so things is a little different. But you know, the love is still there. That's you know, we speak, and you know, we, I get together with our high school, with our college teammates. We get together, go do certain things. It's a blast, you know. But. You know, we talk about it. You know, it's, he he makes a joke of it. He he drinks shots out of out of his wooden out his. Oh, wow. <laughs> he, he does a lot of crazy stuff, but he turned it in, he turned into a plus. He's a motivational speaker yeah. now. He shares his story, everything he's been through, and he's still standing. Still and standing, and I'm and I'm still standing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I was just reading it. I'm thinking about your age and all that's going on. Like when basketball's taken away from a young man, even when you get to finish your career, it's an adjustment. And to have it kind of cut short and derailed because of car accidents, that's heavy, yeah. heavy, heavy, heavy. You know what I'm saying? I'm glad both of you brothers are in good spirits. You would finish your career at West Virginia. You would end up getting your master's. West Virginia would pay for your master's? Yeah, so they, so they took care of me. Great place. That's amazing, bud. And when I, take the team, when I take the team out there, they take care of the team. So I get a lot of love down there. Who made this decision to help? Because they didn't have to. They After have your career is over, they, they could have... Yeah, they didn't have to finish. I remember I'm a sophomore. Yeah. So, and I had... I didn't finish the end of my sophomore year. Coach Ford, God bless the dead, he was like, you know, you got to, um, I had to withdraw from my classes, you know. Mm -hmm. right? um, so the end, I went, came back, I didn't do anything that summer. So that following semester, I enrolled. I've been still doing rehab. I graduated on time. And then I had two, I had a year left of eligibility. So coach was like, I didn't really want to play. Like, you know, it's over. So I think that was cell first year. 
because I had very short. But anyway, I stayed on the team. Coach put me on the team. I should have told him make me a coach. Yeah, sort of. But I wasn't in the coach, and looking back at it, I could have got into college coaching earlier. But anyway, it worked out. I got my. I did two years of grad school. They paid for it, and then you know I left out there with two degrees, felony free, student loan free. Why didn't you just pack your bags and go home after the accident? After your career is being cut short. Like, what gave you the motivation to just stay there and keep pushing, you know, especially academically? Uh-huh. Without basketball, sometimes guys just be like, man, I have these books. I'm going home to do whatever. What made you stay to stay there and say, you know, I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a squeeze everything I can out of this situation? Well, you know, one thing, one thing about my grandmother stilled a lot of stuff in me. Mm-hmm. And she always said a lot of things. And by her saying the stuff to me all the time, no matter how bad I was, what I did. She always say, Bug, I'll make y'all proud one day. Wow. She always say that. I was a little terror. But anyway, moving fast. A lot of, she said a lot of things, but they always stuck in my head. And one thing, she, I, I, finish it. Like, finish, don't quit. So no matter what, I was going to get my degree. I didn't know how. I didn't know if I was going to do it. Like, when I, if I start something, I'm going to finish it. I'm not a quitter. I'm, not, I'm never going to quit. And I, if I'm like... There's no way I'm quitting. I'm getting this, I'm getting this degree. So then when I started my, when this accident happened, I said, I'm, listen, I'm going to get my degree. I'm going to finish up this. I got to leave here with a degree. Like I was, you know, I thought I was going to play professionally. Cause my sophomore year, we went to, um, tournament. and then my freshman year, before we went to the tournament, we went over to like Hong Kong, Korea, um, went over there. So we, 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 we running into guys that's playing professional. These guys in Korea, Hong Kong, Tokyo, they're making good money playing ball. Like, these guys ain't that good. I'm better than you as a sophomore. If I don't make the NBA, you know what I'm saying, I definitely can come over here and get this money. So, I, you know, then that thing happened. I was like, wow, what am I going to do? So um, I didn't know what I was going to do with my work. But I said, I'm gonna have, whatever it do, I'm going to have this degree with me. So when I got to grad school, that was I was like, man, I didn't want to do it. But I said, you know what, I got to finish it. So it was hard, but I finished it. You got it done. Got it, you got done. it done. Uh, we mentioned before Jaycon Carlos, who's a, a a guest on this podcast, played four years for your Thomas Jefferson. Now is at Hofstra. You went to see him play recently. I didn't see him play, but I um his I seen the shot, the video clips. They was I was following the game, following the game last night, and um they was down. Then he came and hit two big threes. So I got the clip of one of one three. At the game, they was down, they tied, it was tied, then he hit the three to put them up for good with like a, a couple of minutes left in the game. But the story was the story but the story is behind the story is, you know, last year he had a tough first year. He did. He had a tough first year, a lot for a lot of different reasons. And and he and, and when we spoke, we speak we speak weekly, mm-hmm. maybe bi bi monthly, whatever. We always speak. You know, and I, I spoke I spoke to him, I said, You gotta gut it out. Mm-hmm. Ain't no quitting. You know, saying this is only going to teach. So when you come back next year, you know, so he's still, you know, he's still, he's still, you know, fighting to prove himself. You know what I'm saying? And that's why he came out. He had a great summer last summer. To off the pro set this past summer. Yeah. And then he came back this year ready. You know what I'm saying? So every time I speak to coach, oh, JC got to do this. JC got to do that. You know, because, you know, coaches, you never stay the same. They always want you to get better. They always going to find... Find find uh, find something for you to work on to help them to help the team win. So he's he's doing it. He's getting better. He came back. He didn't quit. 
He pouted last year. He was upset. He didn't understand. But I said, you know what? Next year, don't leave no doubt. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Working. So he's been working, working, working. Then last night, first game of the season, he was he had um he was three three for six, two big threes, mm-hmm. you know, eight points. You know, they came back to one. Great team win. So um, that was big, you know. That was big. That was Especially, big. more importantly, being in the game at the end. No matter if you – I don't know what happened at the beginning. Yeah. But at crunch time, you was in the game and you produce. Yeah. That's big. So when you, when the time comes, because I always tell him, be ready so you ain't got to get ready. For he sure. was ready last night. When his team needed him, no matter what happened last year, what happened up until that point, coach has you in the game at the end. That's the show he needs he need you to produce. He got confidence you. He delivered. Mm-hmm. So I was, I was proud of him for that. When JC played for you at the end of that pandemic season that we had uh, in the Public School Athletic League, he went on a tear. Yeah. He scored 75 points, then he scored 90 back-to-back. People was a little critical of you letting that go down, but what's the story, uh, letting JC score 90? Well, I didn't let him score. His team, in order for you to score 90, in order for you to score 90, I had a lot of great players. Yeah. A lot of great players, and and I don't even know if the team, their teammates would have let them score 90. Because you got to have great teammates to let you score 90. And for one, you got to be in shape and be able to make a shot. I got players now, I left them in the gym overnight by themselves with a basketball. They couldn't score 50. You know what I'm saying? But make a long story short, JC, that year, remember they had the pandemic, the, the vaccinations, there wasn't going to be a season. So throughout the whole time, I said, God, it's going to be a season. I always, I always, the class is half full. I'm one of those type of guys. We're going to play some games. We're going to play. So every week, we was able to get a gym once a week, and the team, we got together. We practically worked out. J.C. was steady. He was always there. Moving fast forward, when the season finally gets here, J.C. said, Bud told y'all it was going to be a season, and Bud told y'all y'all should have believed him. Everybody started coming out the woodwork. Boom. Ended up after all said and done, we got seven, eight guys. They make the league, gave us seven, eight games. Mm-hmm. JC needs about 30 points to break the record. So I put him in the game. He scores whatever he scores, 30-something, 40. I break the record. I take him out. Which record? All-time need score? No, not the all-time. He needed 2,000 points. Oh, okay, okay. Go so he needed 2,000 points. So once he gets to 2,000 points, I take him out. Jay, he was kind of upset. He's like, yo, I want to play. You know what I'm saying? And I, he said he said to me, he said, I, I forgot what he said, but in a, in a nutshell, like, I'm here every day working. I never missed a practice in four years. He never, Jay, he, he's never missed a practice. I want to say him and some maybe, I don't even know if Shamari can have that record. JC has never missed a practice in four years. Wow. Never. If he wasn't practicing, he was there. But I, he never make a long, he said, I want to play. I, I'm like, you know what? These guys are only around for season. Yo, you deserve this. You didn't finish your junior year, your senior year. I'm not taking you out no more this year. So then after that game, you know, we go, we go to whatever school we go to. I want to say teachers prep. So we go teachers prep. We got seven, eight guys, pandemic. We playing, we playing lower level opponents. So, you know, we, we go to teachers prep. The guy comes out, scores on JC, clapping in his face, challenges the man. So, you know what happens when somebody challenges you. You're a man. JC is alpha male. He's a dog. Kill a dog. So, when he, the guy challenges him. So, next thing you know, JC go at him. Yeah. So, the kid's like, JC, tear him up. JC, tear him up. You know, they didn't say tear him up, but you know what they said. <laughs> so, Poppy and all them guys is giving JC the ball and JC lighting him up. So, it became 
like a JC thing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So next thing you know, I'm not, I don't know how many points Jay scored. The team is passing him the ball. They rebounding it. Yeah. They passing it to him. He's shooting it. He's making it. <laughs> Next thing you know, we got whatever. We, we, we like to score 100 points anyway. That's how we play. Yeah. That's the goal is to score 100 points. Next thing you know, after the game, let's say, oh, JC had 90. JC had 90. So I'm like, wow, I didn't even know he had 90. So now he got 90, so the next game he gets like 70. Yeah. So that was like, all right, well, keep going. Keep and going. It, it, the team was happy with it. I'm happy with it. Other coaches were happy with it. If they wasn't happy with it, they would play a zone. They would show the game. It's a shot clock. You don't, you, you jumping up in the man's face, clapping in the face, challenging them. Well, I, I'm competitive too. You're not going to challenge my player. Yeah. It's like your son getting punched in the face. You said, sit down, don't hit him back. Yeah. It's, it's going to be okay. No, fight back. So Jay fought back. The team let Jay do his thing. But that's what I, that's what I took from it. I yeah. thought it was the greatest form of teamwork when your team lets you do that. How many teams you know let their players do that? Not a lot. Not a lot. So people, I mean, you could, you could look at that and take the – you know, uh, I'm a bad coach and I handled it wrong, but I can sleep with that at night, that decision. Nah, I'm with you. I'm with you. And I didn't have a problem with it either because, again, that that kid put the work in. You know what I'm saying? It. He put the work in. And when he play against the top dogs, he get busy there too. So it's not like he was bullying some dude. Like, this is what he do. What was he? New York versus New York MVP one year? Like, yeah, freshman year. He get busy. So I... But he's a better person than he is player. Mm -hmm. So for, no matter what, how many points he scores, he's a better person than he is a player. That's the most important thing. And like I tell guys, when you leave me um, in four years, I hope you're a better person than you are a player. Mm -hmm. And, you know, because that's, that's, that's what's going to carry you through life. Mm -hmm. You know, better people. Do you remember the first time you saw one of your players playing in a college game? Hmm. I don't remember. That's that's so long ago. I can't even remember that. How about when your player made it to the NBA, Shamari Pons? I remember watching him. We, actually, we was. I want to say it was Super Bowl. We had. I had some of my house. His dad was there. I had a lot of people over at my crib, and he played. He he came, the game. They was on TV. Who was he with? Then the Raptors. The Raptors. He was on TV. What was that experience like for you? It was like, wow, this kid is really on TV. I remember <laughs> it was a freshman kid who was trying to dunk, little fat kid, and he was he, he was in the game, came in the game, and all the friends and family seen that. That was that was special. Is that some sort of validation for you? Like, yo, what nah, up? I'm validated already, man. I, you know, what I'm saying like, I'm validated. I, I don't need that to, to validate or stamp my career. Because every, everybody, every coach, every program plays a role in their community. Mm -hmm. So, you know, in my community, my role is do what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. So I can't compare other people's success. Some people might have 10 pros, excuse me, five pros, 10 championships. But I don't know if they accomplish as much as I've done in a, in a high school, on a high school campus and in a community. Mm -hmm. So you got to, when you, when you, when you um, evaluate me, I mean, it's more than just championships and kids going to college. It's the impact I had on kids in the community, kids in the school, the school environment. You know, I think I don't think the school environment believed as much as they did now. For sure. Now they assume, right, they assume, oh, what we went to the garden. They yeah. assume that we go into the garden every year. When I first got there, they think they thought we would never see that day. Right. So the, the, I think that I think everything has changed. I changed the culture, the culture in the school, the beliefs. With the kids, you know, but um, 
I mean, it's, I got kids, a lot of kids are D2, D3. Yeah. That's, 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 I think that's more important than the kids, sometimes the athletic kids. Because what nobody cares about, what about the kids that are not talented, mm -hmm. that, can't, that, that can't get a scholarship? It's a lot more of them out there than it is the kids that's getting a scholarship. For sure. You know? For sure. You know? What role uh, do high school coaches play in getting their kids to the next level? Because I'm, I'm, I'm learning. Like, I was a pretty decent school student. No coach had to motivate me in different things. Like, how do you make sure they get to the next level? That's what I want to ask you, bud. Because you do a great job of that. Well, Shamari Pons, Rasheen Dunn, Jaquan Carlos, like, but I got like I, I got kids that played for me last year. I got um forget the um Jake for we don't forget them, but <laughs> I got kids like my A my AP, her son, Ronnie Lewis. Mm -hmm. You know, he's at Hilbert College playing D three ball. He's sending his team pitches. I'm like, yo, man, cut your hair. But mm -hmm. like, that's what it's about. You know, I got other kids that didn't play college basketball. That's in that's like I got Kevin Tab that's at um where he's at Plattsburgh. Okay. You know, he's playing D three ball. He's doing great. You know what I'm saying? He's a kid that didn't want to take the D3. I'm like, listen, guy, you're a guy living projects. Like, you get a chance to go to college, play college basketball. Sure. Like, no matter what the level is. So, I, it's like, you know, those are the kids that, that, that people don't understand. That's very important. Is it just encouragement? Because I it's was kind of critical of, of some programs in the city where kids go to prep. And you mentioned earlier you didn't have to go to prep. Like, as leaders, like, what can we do to make sure they get to where they're supposed to get to? Well, well, I, from, I can't speak for everybody else, but I think in my situation, you know, as a form, I could I could show people. Like, you go to Boys and Girls, you can see, like, my jersey there. Like, Woody Soufant is a gym teacher at our school. He was, was a great player at, at, at Jay Grady. Grady yeah. at, you know, so that was Jay Kwan. So, you know, we have a, we have Division One players there that can show you, listen, I did this. Mm -hmm. I'm from where you from. I'm from Nostrand and Halls. I went to 258. I can do this. I'm not a great student. I'm, you know, and. You can do it. And, you know, so hopefully, you know, I lead by example. I explain to them because a lot of them sometimes think it's hard. But it's not that hard if you work hard. Mm -hmm. You know, so, you know, you can't, you can't make sure because every kid ain't going to follow the blueprint. Right. You know right. what I'm saying? So if you deliver one or two, that's fine. Some kids, figure, most, most kids figure things out later than sooner. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the seeds you plant now, you're not going to be able to eat the fruit the same day or the same week. Or even the next couple of weeks or months, it, uh, you eat it later. Well, the kids will come back to you, you know. So basketball is a full time job. It's very competitive. How do you implement the books in these young men's day? Still well, put together a great product on the court yeah. and make sure they pass in the classes. Well, what I do is, you know, I give them opportunities to go. Um, I give them opportunities to develop their weaknesses where they need to develop them at, and I don't spend as much time on the court. You know, I don't. I, on during the week, I only go an hour fifteen hour. Practice? I, I, yeah, I don't practice Monday through Thursday. I don't um, practice. I don't practice that. I don't practice more than an hour and a half Monday through Thursday, so they can get home and get that rest. See, it's it's kind of hard in our school because you got four schools, and right. you know, and some of the principals in there don't want me talking to their teachers. They feel I intimidate the teachers. That's like a lot of things going on the campuses, man. So, you know, we we do a good job of staying on top of the kids for the most part. But it's a challenge. It's hard because you know, you know, one teacher complain. Oh, you know, I'm a big guy. Oh, coach came to me, you know, and then, then it looks like, oh, I'm, I'm intimidating, bullying you know, about yeah. grades, or anything. But I like to, if the kid does the work, I like to kind of challenge sometimes. Like, you know, I fight for extra point here, extra point there, 
and uh, try to put kids in place where they can succeed. You know, and try to every kid, every kid doesn't need the same attention when it comes comes to the, the academics. Right. Some kids you got to put more work in. Mm-hmm. It's hard though. It's hard job. Mm-hmm. Did you see the podcast I did with the PSAL executive director Ray Haskins? I seen a little bit of it, mm-hmm. but you know, I'm, I'm at the I'm at the school from seven in the morning to eight thirty at night. For sure. So I don't get a chance to watch a whole lot of stuff. A big part of that podcast that so many people tuned in for was the fact that he talked about the realignment of the PSAL. Mm-hmm. They were going to eliminate the traditional double A class and move the juggernauts, South Shores, Boys High, Thomas Jefferson, Orange Wave, and put them with us common folk like Wayne Gates. Well, I, don't think, I don't think we juggernauts. I, I think Coach— what, what did you think of that? I didn't, I didn't like it. I didn't like it, but I understood what he was trying to do. Why didn't you like it? Why, not, why I didn't like it? Because I don't think a lot of coaches take— this serious, like for me, like I know, I think this kind of answers your question. That I, I think I didn't hit the point. When you when you coaching at a double A level, like you kind of hold some of these kids' basketball dreams and careers in your hands. So you got to treat it like a kid that wants to go to Bronx Science, to go to Stuyvesant or wherever they want to go, specialized high schools because they feel that this school could get them where they need to be. Mm-hmm. It should be the same for like basketball, football, sports. If, if I know if I want to be an NFL football player, I watched Terrence Samuels catch that pass last night. It was a great catch. Yeah. So I, I want to go to Erasmus because I think coach can get me there. For sure. He should have the opportunity to go there. Whether he go there and he get the chance to see, he's going to get a chance to see, I can't compete at this level because there's too much talent around me. Yeah. Or coach, I'm good enough, coach can get me to the next level. Mm-hmm. Kids should have the opportunity to do that same with sports because sports plays a major role in society and it's a lot of money and different avenues you could use this thing to travel down. So, But I understood that. But that part about it, I don't think a lot of coaches on the lower levels take this as serious. They're not at ISA on Saturday. They're not in their gym on Sundays. They're not putting that work in. They're only hitting that work on November 1st and they're clocking out when the season's over. We, we never clock out. Right. So when you're in a double A – like myself, I can't speak for everybody else, but I know us at our program is year round. We never clock out. You never clock out. Whether we maybe get paid from November first to <laughs> end of the season, that's good. We get two hundred. We get uh, two hundred and eighteen hours. I do that ten times fold. You know, like when I came in here, I'm taking care of basketball sure. business, buses, and making things. So. It's, it's, a, it's an endless job. But what do you say to the people that says just having that limited group of double-A teams kind of creates a, a drain f- with the other schools? Like, talented kids, those other schools don't even have a shot. shot. Tr- what you mean they, have, they don't have a shot? Like, all of the great, all of the best kids in the city only want to play for six schools, you guys and the rest of the double-A. But everybody, everybody can't play, play, play for us. But that's, that's life. That's, that's life. That's like saying, can every kid go to Brooklyn Tech? No. Can every kid go to 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 what name? I don't know these high. Every kid can't go there, so it's the same principle. You got to apply the same thing. Everything ain't for everybody. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I would love to be married to Beyonce, but I got to go home to my. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't nah, get in trouble in here. I'm joking. <laughs> but it seems now that they talked about realigning it. But now they're going back to the traditional double A, A, and B. What do you know about that? You got any inside information, Big Dog? I don't have yo. I don't have anything. I haven't been to a meeting. I have, I've been busy. But have you heard that? Have you seen the schedules that they're putting out? It seems- the schedule. The schedule's out. Everything is back to normal. I seen it the other day. Yeah. I got a text. Um, Kenny, actually, Kenny Pretlow. He's a Twitter guy. Like he, you know, somebody pulled. Oh, the schedules are up. Yeah. 
The schedules are up, so... Um, Why do you think that happened? They talked about this big realignment only to go back to... Yo, Stay pat and do I, the traditional I, thing. I have, you know what? I, I have no clue why they did that, but you know, I learned this Chiefs and the Indian. I'm a, I'm an Indian, so I'm, you know, I'm on, I'm on, the ground fight with the truth. I don't know why they do what they do. That's a decision. If I had the job, if I was a director, I was a commissioner. Yeah. You know, it's things I would do that they wouldn't like probably. But you know, when you when you when you're in a leadership role like that, you gotta make decisions you feel that's best for the whole. I'm looking at it from my perspective. I'm not looking at it from everybody else's perspective. Yeah. So, you know, I was willing to try it. I thought this year it might have worked better for me because of my roster. You know, say I don't have a lot of kids. So either way I'm gonna make it work, man. Like I'm not a I'm not a complainer. Mm-hmm. I don't spend that I don't spend my time complaining asking why. I figure out a way how to get it done. You I know see. what I'm saying? So you know, that's their decision. If that's what they want to do it. Well, if I do I agree with it? No, but I didn't look at it. I didn't hear the reasons why they want to do it. So, you know, I don't know. He, what did he say why he wanted to do it? He said we had the whole school. We have all the kids wanting to play for six schools, you know, and traditional powers like Robeson and even Wingate. Like, they're being boxed out. Or Transit Tech, who was a great team last year, they're being boxed out. They don't have a shot to go to the Barclays or the Garden like you guys. Well, I think for one, they should elim- they should eliminate like the double A. See, the problem they eliminate the double A going to the Garden. Why is our championships being played at the Garden, and the A, the B championships are not? Okay, that's a big problem too. Right? What should what should, the, what should they do? I mean, they shouldn't do it. We all play at St. John's. Wherever the A double A play, the A should play. Right. So right there, that's something that needs to be changed. You know what I'm saying? Because a kid want to play in the garden, he got to go to double A. Yeah. That's a big factor too. Mm-hmm. Kid want to play in the garden for a championship. So they could just move the single A championship to the garden. Play the right garden, before the double A. I think the garden is kind of overrated. You know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because not to say because I've been there because the games are like eight nine in the morning. Yeah, they yeah. make you go through all this protocol to yeah. get there. It's anticlimactic once you get there. It's a big empty space. Yeah. Like have it on a Friday night, Saturday afternoon, where you can have a packed arena and give you that championship atmosphere. That's my opinion. But either way, you know what I'm saying, it doesn't matter. But I think anyway, every kid wants to go to Duke. Yeah. Every kid, like, that's just how life is, man. Gotcha. Everybody wants things that we can't have. Gotcha. You don't spend too much time complaining. I ain't complaining because ain't nobody gonna listen, man. They got their own problems. They sure not. I did do a video over a year ago. Uh, we were supposed to discuss it. I was rather critical of New York City basketball as a whole. I felt that we lacked leadership. And if there was any leadership, I thought it was weak. And this is based off of a situation where there was a big-time Division One coach who kind of called one of our kids lazy after the kid transferred from his program. And I'm like, yo, New York needs to stand up and say something. It took us 20 years to build this kid's value. 20 years. The neighborhood, everybody but the AAU coaches. I think that's what you're talking about. You're talking about the kid Kadari, right? (laughs) Yeah. And Jim Behan, just because he woke up on that side of the bed and he was upset, said, oh, this kid is lazy. He don't work hard. Slicing that young man's value in half. And I said, New York needs to do something. Uh Jim Behan needs to pay the price. Well, I mean, I understand. I understand. I understand what you say because you 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 felt that he shouldn't have publicly criticized that young man, and I felt like he felt comfortable doing it because New York 
We not unified. Nobody's going to make him pay. Yeah, yeah, but you know what? He got two. It's it's hard to criticize him when he got two New Yorkers, two New Yorkers on his staff as associate head coach. New York guys. Who? He got Red Autry, who I grew up with playing Riverside with. He's associate head coach. You got Alan Griffin, who's on his staff. You know what I'm saying? So that's something that they should. Now I, I agree. I agree with the public. The public. Um, he should apologize. He shouldn't attack that young man in public. But that's something that conversation that could be had. Because we all coach kids. We know kids is lazy. And that's his opinion on the kid. I don't think he should have said it publicly. Publicly, You know what I'm saying? But, you know, but New York as a whole, our city is, is unique. It's so big. It's so separated. You know, and um, it's, no, it's no particular. Because if it's a smoke kid, it's a smoke kid or what's the kid. So smoke could say something about it. But nobody's going to say something about another person's kids. That's how our city is. We we're not as we, we don't have that unity because it's every it's like everybody's trying to do them. But I'll say this, but I, I don't think Behan would have felt as comfortable saying that about a Florida kid or how, because there would be repercussions. It's up to us to make sure he don't feel like he got the right to say that. He could say that about a New York City kid and any one of these coaches out here would gladly give their next kid to him. That can't be, bud. Yeah. I mean, that's your opinion. That's your, that's your opinion on it. Like, like for example, if I had a kid that wanted to go to Syracuse, I didn't like what he did. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't let my personal views interfere with that kid wanting to go to his dream school because I don't like Bayham or Bayham did some, something I didn't like. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. I, I, I kind of agree how you feel on what he said or what he did. So, but, you but, but understand, it's not even a like thing because when that kid goes on a draft board, they're going to research his history and they're going to say who he played for. Oh, oh, Jimmy Behan, let's call him. What does Behan think of him? Like, he sliced that young man's value that but it he, took us 20 years to build up. But, but he, this has severe consequences, Mr. Pollard. <laughs> yeah, so, but, he go, but he, he's going to say that. He's going to say that regardless whether he says it publicly. He's going to kill him. He's probably going to say even worse about him behind the scene when the NBA guys do call him. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's a, I understand where you're coming from, but it's a hard it's a hard fight to fight. You know what I'm saying? But I, I agree with the public display, um, the public comment. Mm-hmm. I agree with that, but that's his opinion of the kid. He's gonna say if he said it public, imagine what he's gonna say to him, say 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 about the kid um behind his behind his back. Well not behind his back, behind closed doors. But the kid is the kid lazy? You have you have lazy kids, right? Right. That you that you play for. For sure. And if me like some, I don't think you would come on a podcast and call nah. the kid lazy. But me and you talk. For sure. How, how you been asking me? Well, how's Con? How or how I was a player on my team? I was like, oh, great kid, hard worker. Or I might, or if I say another kid, actually about a kid in your team that I coached in junior high school, mm-hmm. I seen play. Or he could be better. Or he lazy. You know what I'm saying? Like that. So I mean, it's it's, it's I understand it's what you said. He came off like a scorn lover because the kid transferred. Yeah, but I yeah yeah I understand. Nothing I, constructive. I, I don't I don't I didn't hear the comment or how it was said because sometimes you look at, listen to his body language, what was said before and after the comment. He was embarrassed because that talented kid transferred out of his program and everybody was asking why. Uh huh. Yeah. And to, to to protect himself and his his uh, reputation. Ah, the kid didn't work oh, out. Oh yeah. Real flippant. Yeah. Yeah, he, he could have put that, took it that way because sometimes if a kid, if a kid is perceived to have potential and to help the program, if he leaves, sometimes a coach, mm-hmm. a coaches take um, some of that responsibility. They 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 take that out. They 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 take that out on the coach. But so many kids transfer now. It's mm-hmm. it's it's ridiculous. Do you think we would be better served as a city if we could get in the room 
the, the, the leaders or at least establish some sort of tribunal, that, that, council, leadership. That that would never happen. Why, but It would never happen in New York. Just but I had you on this podcast, Ruth Lovelace, Kenny. Like, we could convene every six months or something. Listen, I don't have time to deal with you or you rule for Kenny every six months. I got my own shit going on. But more importantly, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's hard when you have a big city. And, and so much going on in the city. We, we, it's hard. It's going to be hard for us. You know, you got the Catholic schools. They do their thing. You got the public schools. They do their thing. It's so many teams, so many coaches. We all have different interests and different things, you know, and we all have different priorities. Like I said, the double-A guys, we, we fighting to get to the garden and win the championship of the garden. The A guys, you know, they – I don't know what they fighting for. Yeah. They're fighting for just a championship, so it's different motivation behind different things and everybody have their own agenda you know and um it's hard to have a one one council with all of us unified it's just too many different personalities too many people it's hard i think it, it, we could have a it could, it could be a public school it should be a public school type of thing mm -hmm. uh, a, a council committee where we we do that so now if they if coach Beheim did that to one of our kids and we felt it was unjust, and he and it was borderline disrespectful. Then we could hold him accountable for his statement. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Listen, if you felt that about a kid, you shouldn't publicly say that because the kid could come to us. The kid could come to us and tell us about how you run practice. Say, coach sucks. Mm -hmm. So you know what I'm saying? I wouldn't go on. I wouldn't come on here and say, hey, uh, uh, my kids or uh, uh, Shamari said uh, Chris Mullen sucks. He can't coach, or he's a you know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that. Right. You know what I'm saying? But it's not fair. But I, I so I kind of agree with what you're saying, but it's hard. It's hard. You know, so, but I think what you want, you have to be almost like a public school. We're only going to fight for our kids. For sure. For sure. You know? Do you have a relationship with Division One coaches that take your call that you can reach out to? Yeah, I have a lot of, and it's good, and I have a lot of good relationships with those guys. Like I said, these a lot of guys I played with, played against, crew, crew to some of my players. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I have I have a lot of relationships with those guys. That's good. Who's the best PSAL player you coached against, not named Lance Stevenson? Oh, man, there's so many. I can't even remember. Somebody that would give you a headache. Give you a headache every time? Oh, man, Darrell Lucky from Robe. Lucky from Robe. <laughs> That's the first one of the first ones that came to mind. Um it's just so many players, man. It's, you know, I have so many players. I know we spent a lot of time talking about Shamari, but I have so many great players, yeah. man. You know, you know, just a lot of good so, so you can't remember them all. Mm -hmm. At the, the older you get, the more you get, the less you remember. Mm -hmm. You know, but it's just a lot, a lot of players that gave me fits. <laughs> um, I can't even think of none off the top of my head. Mm -hmm. You know, Buddha that played with Lance gave me a fit because – he get here make a shot. He knock down a shot. Little Big Buddha, shot. yeah. Little Buddha, you know what I'm saying? I think he don't get enough credit. You know, it's just so many players. So many different players in the city. But do you know why I do this podcast? Why? Yeah. I don't know. Sharing of information. Mm hmm You know, I think when we can share information, we get caught up in the throws of competition stuff, but we'll, if we have a place where we can share information, mm -hmm. that'll help improve the city. You know, I think what if Martin Luther King, Martin Luther King and Malcolm X could have gotten a room, shared information. What if Prince and Michael Jackson could have gotten a studio and shared information, made music together? It'd have been a better place. So that's what this is about. Um, my young coaches are up against different things. We don't know how to handle it. In 2016, one of your former players 
was tried, found guilty, and sentenced to 15 years in prison for shooting someone who was once described as his friend. Mm-hmm. Now, this is one of your former players. He, he was out of high school at this point. What did you think when you first learned that one of your guys was caught up in this situation? Well, I just... Yeah, I heard. Yeah, when I when I found out about, it, I was it was a little shocking, and I was because knowing the kid, you know, and um, and picking a kid up, riding, live kid lived on the corner. We ride to school every day. Just knowing a kid, such a good kid, mm-hmm. and how we how could he get caught up in that? Like the kid, they have a bad bone in his body, but you know, when the kids leave you and they get they they hanging around other people, other crowd, and getting into other things, they get influenced. So there was nothing in his time with you that would indicate, like, yo, this could be in his future. Nicest kid. Mm-hmm. Nicest kid. Do you second guess when you see something like that? Like, damn, go over your time with him and like, think, what is there anything that we could have done better or anything like that? No, just like, we, you know, when you get out of high school and you leave and there's no more Coach Buds. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to be picking you up, dropping you off and certain things. Nobody's going to really care. You got to figure that things out. And I think the, the, the pressure's... In society, that 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 you know, you have to really, you have to, and plus to live it, you have to have money. You and people want to live a certain, way. people want to live a certain way, a certain lifestyles, and that costs. It's pressure to maintain that, to obtain that, mm-hmm. not only to maintain it, to ob- obtain and maintain. That kind of rhymes, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so I mean, people got to do what they got to do, you know. And um, sometimes, like when you don't work hard, you end up working harder. Mm-hmm. So you know. Uh, it's, it's just tough. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I wish every kid I had could, you know, you can keep them, you know, felony free with a degree, but that's not the case. Mm-hmm. School is not for everybody. Have you talked to him at all since that situation went down? Yeah, like once or twice. Early on in the stages, I gave my opinions on what they should do. They decided to do what they wanted to do. And, mm-hmm. you know, but, you know, when you do something, you got to pay the price. Mm-hmm. You got to pay the price, man. It's just hard. You never want to see your kids go through that. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, it's life. Mm-hmm. Life, man. You got kids. You know, we can all raise a kids. You can all raise a kid in the same house, the same parents, same principles and values. You try to still live, but some are gonna go their way and, and, and test the waters elsewhere. Try to do it their way. This is somebody that verbally committed to St. John's, and somebody who was supposed to go to Manhattan. How come he never made it to one of those campuses? He wanted to rap and do other stuff, mm-hmm. like you know, basketball. I thought. I thought it didn't come easy to him as it did when he was younger. Mm-hmm. When he was younger, he was a great player. It came easy to him naturally. But as you get older, you know what I'm saying, so the competition that you um, dominated, they get older and better too. So if you're not getting better, a lot of times you're doing what? Getting worse. You're getting worse. So it didn't, you know, it wasn't as easy. You got to put that work in. And then I guess he wasn't motivated to put the work in like he should. And one of the biggest compliments I ever had a player – an opposite team player, you know what I'm saying, give give a player was to him. We played, we was in Puerto Rico, we played in, um, I told you we played DeMatha and Quinn Cook, that's his name? Yes. Quinn Cook was on DeMatha, and we was all up in the room. We said, yo, man, I look up to you, man. Like, I'm like, wow. He said that to him. Quinn Cook said that to the kid? Okay, uh-huh. he, he said that to him. He said, I look up to you. He said, I look up to you, like, you my idol. Like, because I guess during that, during that AAU time, it's like, you know, a kid looked like, for example, um, Anton was telling me um, it was a kid he interviewed from Creighton, and he asked him, he, um, 
when I say Antoine, I'm talking about Merchant. You know, he works for Cleveland Cavs. He texts me this. Hold on. And who? Antoine Merchant. You know, he runs Dean Street. You know, okay. He runs the um, Rose Classic and all that stuff. He was interviewing a kid from um, Creighton. And, he, and one of the questions, you know, in the NBA um, combines, he asked me, he said, well, what player you ever played against made you realize, yo, I got to step my game up? Mm. He said, Shamari Pons. Wow. He texted me that. I thought I got a good smile about it. Who said that? One of the kids, I okay. forgot the kid's name because, you know, I'm not into yeah, yeah. all these kids. But he was interviewing a kid that went to Creighton yeah. that was in the NBA combines. He works for Cleveland. So one of the questions they ask you when you're in the interview is, what player you played against that made you realize you got to step the game up? He said, Shamar. So that's like a great compliment you play a, when, a, when, a, when an opponent pays you that respect. For sure. So when he paid Devontae that respect, I was like, wow. That's big. That's big because, you know, when they, you know, all these kids come up together. And they know each other nastily because they AAU all these AAU tournaments. So, you know, he, he was a, he, he idolized them because that team that team next was one of the best teams in the country back then when they was all middle schoolers, yeah. and you know they was killing everybody. Mm-hmm. They was all talented kids. Yeah. So they looked up to him. He was a, he was a problem when he was younger. But you know, hopefully, you know things work out for him, and he and he come home, he figure it out. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. It's tough, bud. It's tough, you know. And again, that's why I was excited to have you here because you guys have been through everything, not just on the court, off, off the, the court, court. You know what I'm saying? And, and this New York City, some of our kids is blooded cousin. Like, how, how do we help them? And it seems like you just saying, do the right thing, stay the course. You you can't save everybody. Yeah, it's, well, I, I don't think it's a New York City thing. I think it's it's, it's, a, it's a it's a national world thing. This, mm-hmm. I think. Social media exposes all our kids from cell phones to things that they wouldn't normally be exposed to, mm-hmm. and then they then becomes a form of emulation. They want to emulate that stuff mm-hmm. from living how the rappers live, but they don't see what the rappers went through to live that way. Yeah. That's something that gets missing. So, you know, it, it has a big influence on our kids, mm-hmm. and it's um, it, it, times have changed, man. So. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know how we can save everybody. We just gotta save the few and some that want to be saved. For sure. But it's hard saving them though. Some of them don't want that tough love. Yeah. But I, I think more so the the in high school we had a tough job because sometimes we gotta undo 13, 14, 15 years of damage. Yes, sir. And I, I want, I don't want to say damage. I want to say lack of principles or not lack of because there are principles and values and negativity, but the. Um, we try to try to we try to instill hours in them, which mm-hmm. is maybe a little different to what they used to. But unfortunately, when they leave us, they go home and go back to some of that stuff. So it's hard to you know, so a lot of your, a lot of your work you put in gets undone mm-hmm. in a matter of minutes and time. But just gotta keep pushing, man, and and keep planting seeds because a lot a lot of things I say to my kids, they look at me like they don't understand it. Yeah. But that's my high school coach said a lot of things to me and my coaches. I didn't get it. So, Until I started coaching. Now I understand. And some of I got at the high school, but I'm still like, damn, this is what coaching meant. So I'm still, I got it 20, 30 years later. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, but my relationship with these kids is a little different than my high school coach and college coach. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because we like a lot of the same things. You know, my college coach didn't like a lot of stuff that I like. He didn't like anything I like. He was an old white man. Yeah. My high school coach, he didn't like, I never rode in his car. He didn't spend summers with us at IS8 and Dean right. Street, so we spent a lot of time together. Sometimes those car rides, when you got the when you got the 
the, the uh, music off and the windows up, and you yeah. got those kids in that intimate setting. Those car rides can be um, very important. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You could, you could plant a lot of seeds in them car rides. And that's another thing I've, I've admired about you, but uh, there was a post on social media. I think it was uh, Rasheen Dunn and Shamari Pons, and then the, the caption, I'm sure you wrote it, my guards are better than yours. Mm-hmm. You've been main, You've been able to kind of maintain your identity as an authentic Brooklyn dude, but still be leader. You've been able to encourage and show the kids you have their back, yet still challenge them and hold them accountable. Mm-hmm. Speak to me about that dynamic. Well, it's just who I am. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I, who I am. And I think the kids, you know, kids can smell BS. You ain't got to see it to smell it. Mm-hmm. So I think they they understand where I'm coming from and where I'm trying to get them to go, and how I feel about them. You know what I'm saying? Because you can't hide what's in your heart. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? In body language and love, and you can see a lot of things, but kids feel it. They know how I feel about them, how I feel about the program, what I'm trying to do. I think sometimes coaches are hesitant to give kids credit in real time because they feel like uh, it's going to blow their head up or things like that. No, nah, you got you got you got to give them that credit. You got to acknowledge what they're doing wrong and acknowledge what they're doing. Knowledge what they're doing right mm-hmm. Can't be all negative Especially these kids These kids are sensitive <laughs> If you ride them too hard You run them off yeah. More than you do turn them on So you know You gotta be It's, it's, it's a mind game It's like you gotta have Jedi mind tricks with these <laughs> kids. You gotta be a Psychologist It's like Jedi war Jedi mind Jedi war mind, it's War games man mm-hmm. Jedi You gotta have Play Jedi mind tricks On these guys You gotta You know Just find a way To get, get the message across mm-hmm. Sometimes saying nothing Says a lot Sometimes you give a kid a look. Once you develop the relationship with a kid, you give them a look. You don't say nothing. They go, what, what, what? You ever had that? You yeah. Look at a kid. What? Nah, I ain't saying nothing. <laughs> I ain't saying nothing. Why are you looking at me like that? Nothing. I'm not saying nothing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to say nothing because it doesn't matter. Yeah. Then when you hit them with that, you they want to know what's get, up. Yeah. You know, so, so it's, I'm learning a lot and I never stop learning. You know what I'm saying? So, and I learned more now than, than before that. You gotta coach teams more individually, you know what I'm saying, than you do holistically. You yeah. Know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Cause you gotta, cause every kid is, you gotta coach different. Mm-hmm. And then right now, trying to get those kids to understand, hey, I might yell at him, you know what I'm saying, to push his button, but you, I'm gonna give you the silent treatment. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's different things. It's different so it's, things. Yeah, different things. But you don't really dibble and dabble in the AAU circuit personally. Is that no, fair? I, I did. I did at one time. I was doing a thing with Juice Tiny. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But it's just, it's just too much. I got too much going on. I'll say this. The coaches that do do it, are, are you fearful of them having an advantage over you? Because they with the kids in the summer, they in the streets, they seeing kids at an earlier age. Do you feel like you, you lose your connection to the street? No, because I'm, I'm around. Mm-hmm. But I may not be down with that, but I'm around. And I'm, I'm around with my kids. You know, we're doing a lot of things. And um, But it's just you can't, as a high school coach, especially someone like me who puts the work in I put in, you can't do what I do then do AAU. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm human. I break down. You know, I got to recharge. I got to get the kids a break as well. You know, so I can't do it. It doesn't work for me. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work for me. But um, cause I really never stopped doing high school stuff. Yeah with my guys all year round. Because after the season, you got to monitor them socially, academically, you know, check in with them in the program. Because it's not just 
it's not just the kids. I got on a varsity, the kids in the program. Because most of the kids, I still got them as teachers. I mean, I'm still a teacher, most of them. Right. So it's just, it's just too much yeah. for AAU. Jaquan, when he came on the podcast, he said one year he just didn't play AAU, just stayed in the gym. Yeah. And this kid still found himself with a Division One opportunity. Yeah, I, and, and you know, it's you know, he he did. He, he followed the <laughs> blueprint. See, when you got when it's it's easy when you got guys that just left the place you was at that did it. Like like um, Connor says to me, he says to Jaquan, "Hey, I want to be a five star player. I want to do something." But he said, "I want to get two thousand points like you." So I said, "Connor, you should ask me that." I was here with the last two guys, the great guards that did it. Mm-hmm. I was here, and they did it here. So I, I will have I will have some knowledge of that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So that's good. You know, when I posted that little clip of JC and the little comment I made to the group team chat, they all like it. They don't like nothing else. Anything I put in there, they <laughs> act like I ain't put nothing yeah. in Oh, Coach, you text? Yeah, all y'all do is keep your phone within hand, but y'all ain't see that yep, text. Yep. But they all like that part in text, and that's that's a great teaching point. I can't wait to get back to practice. Because no matter what he went through, you know, see, he was ready when his number was called. Mm-hmm. He, You know, he complained, he bitched, but when his time came, mm-hmm. he was ready. Yeah. You know, but it's a tough job, man. Mm-hmm. We I, talked a lot about Shamari Pons, but one cool thing that I saw, and again, I just think about the, the dynamic uh, of, of being a program and a family. Shamari's little brother, Shamel, played for you the last couple of years. And he wore his brother's retired number. Now, sometimes brothers try to create their own identity or they could be overwhelmed by their brother's uh, shadow. He seemed to be cool and carved out his own little great career, Shamel Pons. How did it come to be that he would end up wearing his brother's retired number? Well, I mean, that was... He was... When he was a little kid, he ran around there with no shirt on. So, you know, so yeah. he was, I knew we was putting that shirt on him when he came. It's only right. Keep that in the family. If you're a pawns, you shouldn't wear number, no other number. number two. Especially when you come right after him, you got to put on a number two. That's crazy. You know he wasn't saying? intimidated by that? No, nah, he wasn't intimidated by it. You know, he wasn't. It's good to see. As a matter of fact, I'm going to see what college is. He posted a picture of him playing. He goes to Jefferson College. Okay. So I think they had a game the other day. It was great to see him playing college ball at Jefferson College. You know, so I meant to see what number he had on. I got I got to check that. You know, so if he didn't have, if he don't have two on, he got to change that. But you might wear eleven because Shamari was at the point he wanted to wear eleven, then two. I don't know how he settled with two, but I think that's what they wear in their family. I think the older brother Doodles that was at Lockley, I think he wore eleven. You know, last year, Bud, you were six and eight. Um. You won a city championship. You won a state championship. You're putting kids in college. You had a kid in the NBA. How would you describe where your program is right now? I think we we right there. We right there. We got a shot. Every year we got a shot. Last year we had a shot, but the 6-8 record didn't reflect how good our team was because, because of an incident that happened at Boys and Girls. We had to forfeit three games. Mm-hmm. You know what? Hopefully with the leadership that we have in place now, that will never happen to myself or another team. Um, we gotta. They, I don't. I never understood this, and I'm not gonna question. I'm gonna move on. They gave us three games for a brawl, and nobody ever threw a punch. Mm. So I don't know how could we have a brawl and nobody threw a punch. But I guess this is a new day and new time. Mm-hmm. So um, we got three games for that. The game we we won, which was the the game at Boys and Girls. We won that game. And then we lost the two games after that. So we ended up getting three losses. So instead of being like nine and six or nine and five, mm-hmm. we ended up being what, eight and six. Mm-hmm. You know, so that 
that that kind of killed our season. Mm-hmm. That kind of killed our season. Our, our momentum, our energy, nothing was the same after that. We never we never recovered from that. And it and we had that playoff game. You know, it's that one hump game. We'd have yeah. got over that game. I think we would have got rolling a little bit, but we couldn't get over that hump. How has the job changed for you now that you've won a championship? I mean, it's championship. Once you win, not only not not since I won it, since I started making these regular trips to the championship, to the finals, it's almost expected. And anything less, as they say, it's uncivilized. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or you know what I'm saying? But it's, that's that's our goal every year is to get there to win it. Mm-hmm. You know, over the, since two in the last ten years, I want to say we've been there seven times, six or seven times. So we, you know, we we assume the people assume that we're gonna get there. The last time we lost in semifinals, people were, oh oh. Don't worry about it. I ain't coming to this game. I'm gonna come to the guard. I'm saying, listen, we gotta no get there. Yeah, yeah. We gotta get there, man. It's not easy, but we got a great team this year. Guys love each other. The guys are practicing hard. We got a shot, and you know our JV is looking good. The kids are working, so the future looks bright the next few years. The future looks bright. Well, Coach Bud, man, we appreciate you being here. Thanks, man. Really had a lot of fun, man. Your energy is is second to none, man. <laughs> the way you put it all together. Uh, Watching your program from afar, it all looks good. And as I open this podcast, we all watching, studying, and trying to uh, replicate what you've done. Mm-hmm. Appreciate that, man. All right, man. That's Coach Bud Pollard. I'm William Holly, WBH Radio. We out. All right. Thanks, man.